Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork today on C103. Live from the Castle Hotel for the McCroom Food Festival. Yes, good morning. We are live from McCroom for the McCroom Food Festival. We're broadcasting from the Castle Hotel in McCroom this morning as part of the festival and ahead on the show this morning. We're going to be discussing the local issues here in the McCroom and indeed the Lee Valley area. Also, a lot of talk during the week and indeed from our show on Monday on asylum seekers here in McCroom. And we're going to meet one of those particular asylum seekers who have settled into the town of McCroom and indeed speak to the friends of the McCroom asylum seekers. A lot of talk across the country about the use of hotels for direct provision and emergency accommodation. But we're going to see what is exactly happening here in McCroom over the last number of weeks. Uh, Despite all the uh, news articles and uh, mentions on social media, we'll, we'll really hear what's happening in the town over the last few weeks here in McCroom this morning. And as we are here for the food festival, we're going to taste the local produce of local food and drink producers here in the Lee Valley and the Greater McCroom area. We'll be speaking to a number of them who are operating their businesses here in the area and indeed are taking part in the McCroom Food Festival. Also, we're going to hear about new businesses that have located here in McCroom and indeed why they have chosen the region. A lot of talk about why businesses should be choosing regions in Ireland and indeed rural areas. So we'll speak to one of the new businesses who has set up here in McCroom. Also, as part of the McCroom Food Festival, there is a busking competition and we'll have live music across the show from those taking part in that. Plus, much, much more to come between now and one this morning. Bernie's back at base taking calls. Your comments are welcome. 1850-333-103 or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 86 You can tweet us this morning at C103Cork or email jp at c103.ie. The big news this morning from the world of politics, of course, is that Fianna Gael Minister Jim Daly is to retire from politics. Of course, Minister Daly, uh, the Cork Southwest Fine Gael deputy, has surprised a lot within his party this morning. Uh, news was breaking overnight of his decision not to run in the next general election. And basically, he's saying he's no longer able to balance the political life with having a young family. People outside of politics, I'm sure, uh, would agree these days it's hard to balance their work and indeed home life, especially if you have young children, as Jim has. Anyhow, uh, I'm sure there is mixed views on 
on this in the Cork Southwest and indeed across the Cork and uh, Ireland uh, at the Jim's News this morning, considering that he went from being in local politics here in Cork County Council as a councillor and then uh, went on to national politics and now a minister and now going to, to leave the role at the next general election. It also opens up a lot of possibilities now for Fine Gael in Cork Southwest. Anyhow, uh, Jim is at a, a function this morning, so we might not get to speak to him as we are here in McCroom. However, we, if we don't get to speak to Jim today, we will speak to him on our show on Monday. But that's uh, one of the big breaking stories locally in local politics overnight. Uh, your views welcome on that and what you think of Jim's decision and indeed uh, the broader topic of work-life balances uh, that, that this is particularly raising. Anyhow, are your views are welcome 1850-333-103 or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 Cork today we are live from the Castle Hotel in McCroom we're with you until 1 o'clock here from the Castle Hotel in McCroom for the McCroom Food Festival and not only here in McCroom this morning but across the county coffee mornings continue for Marymount Hospice so we'll give them a mention here before we get too busy later in the show I can tell you that at the moment in uh, Buttevant Buttevant ICA they're holding their coffee morning for Marymount in Horgan's Bar on the main street in Buttevant and Horrigan's Lounge in High Street in Newmarket are holding theirs until 1 o'clock today. The Goldpost Bar in Shanagarry, they're having their annual coffee morning until half 12 and the coffee evening is going to be held in Ballydaly Hall from 8 until 10 this evening. Just some of the coffee mornings that are taking place across the county for Marymount Hospice. I mentioned there about Jim Daly who uh, is going to retire uh, from politics. A number of people onto us regarding that. Just one of the text regarding uh, Jim's decision to leave politics and retire uh, from uh, Fianna Gael and indeed the world of politics. Well, maybe he's not really retiring from Fianna Gael, but from politics anyhow. Uh, Tim on text, uh, you can text us, 0862103103 says, there is always a Fianna Gael vote in Cork Southwest, but Jim Daly would have lost out next time, feels Tim. Uh, Christy O'Sullivan, he feels, would would or could win back the seat for Fianna Foyle. The, the best candidate will not be in the field. Gillian uh, Coughlin, who deserves as a Senate seat and there is only hope for Fina Gael Tim Fields for Veronica Neville if she makes a comeback uh, Fields Tim on Twitter a number of people says it will open up Fina Gael's options now but it will change the spectrum for Cork Southwest as people were I never thought this would happen with Jim leaving uh, politics says Amanda in Clonakilty so uh, a mixture of views there on uh, the decision by Jim Daly to leave politics we'll keep uh, and, and refer to those across the morning but we are live here from McCroom for the McCroom Food Festival and on the way next we're going to speak to two local councillors here in the McCroom area uh, councillor Ollie Lynch and indeed councillor Martin Coughlin will join us next to discuss the issues of McCroom and indeed the wider and mid Cork area we'll speak to them next Cork today on C103 live from the Castle Hotel for the McCroom Food Festival C103 call Patricia with your comment 1850 333 103 and we are live from the Castle Hotel in McCroom for the McCroom Food Festival. Now, a lot has changed in the last year within the county with boundary changes and the local elections and indeed tourism enhancements to discuss some of the issues this morning here in McCroom. I'm joined by local councillors, Councillor Martin Coughlin, Independent Councillor, and Councillor Eileen Lynch, who's a Fine Gael councillor in the area. You're very welcome to our studio here in McCroom, and thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, John Paul. Uh, first of all, Martin, you're no stranger to local politics. Uh, you've been operating in McCroom for a long, long time. And when you left uh, the local politics scene, some would say you might have left politics, but you were still involved locally in McCroom and as busy as ever. Returning to now Cork County Council, you're more or less doing the same job you were doing when you weren't in politics. Has it changed since your time as a local councillor here within the town? Well, uh, definitely it has changed, John Paul, and it's t- taken me a little while to catch up with the 
how the system works and all that, you know. Mm. Uh, when we had the town hall and the, the town council, uh, all our problems we could solve locally. Now uh, you have to take most of them to county hall, and it's uh, it's definitely put an extra uh, workload on local councils, you know. So um, the town hall is still here, but y y when you go to town hall, you better get a phone number to contact somebody in county hall or your you know, the book is going to pass, you know. Yeah, and it's and frustrating as well, it, I'm sure, it, it when you knew be. somebody here locally and then you have to go to uh, an yes. unknown faces within County Hall. Yes, that's no doubt. Uh, um, like, we had we had a system, I suppose, and the system is broken, and mm. it's going to take a, a while to, to repair it and get it back to where it used to be. And Eileen, for yourself, your first time as a local councillor here in the area, how are you finding it and how are you finding dealing with uh, County Hall and indeed the, the, the work-life balance because you're working yourself full-time as well, so you're, you're a full-time councillor and indeed working full-time. So is that difficult? And you're, again, you're learning the ropes like Martin is on the way things are dealt with within County Hall. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you said, I'm working as well as being a councillor. So I've spent the last few months since I got elected just trying to get that balance. I'm very lucky in that my employer is quite flexible. So I'm always available to make meetings and to meet constituents. Um, starting off in the council, I suppose it's tough insofar as, as Martin has said, you do most of your work in County Hall. So it's tough just trying to figure out, you know, the different departments and who's the right person to talk to. Um, but I think like starting any new job, it takes about six months to get into it. And I'm happy so far with how it's going. And I must say there are some brilliant um, facilities and services available to us as councillors. So. And anything that frustrates you, I mean, Martin was saying about the idea before where you, your other colleagues of yours within Fine Gael who would have been here operating in McCroom would have gone into the town hall. Now everything is centralised in county hall. Is there certain things as you're new and you can fresh eyes that could be done differently or that you would like to see change within your term? I suppose it's sometimes frustrating that you can't deal with more smaller local issues mm. at a more local level, that rather than being able to go through the municipal, you sometimes have to go through the county. Um, so that can be irritating at times. Or also, I suppose, County Hall is going through a period of change at the moment insofar as so many areas have gone from the county into the city. And because of that, people, employees of the council are only finding their way around as well insofar as so many people have been changed from department and from city to county. So that is a big learning process at the moment and it's, it, you know, it's a big curve, but hopefully again within the next few months that'll be resolved and that should streamline facilities and services a lot more also. Yeah, and also I presume you'll have certain people within County Hall and we're not from the area here, so if you're on about a Habolo, Coachford or, or different areas, they might be unsure of it, that exact area where someone that was based over the road here in the Town Hall across the way from where we're broadcasting today here in, in the middle of McCroom, they would know those areas straight away. So that does make a difference from if you know an area or you don't know an area. With regards to crime, Martin, every town, every part of Cork at the moment, for some reason or another, there's a story coming out about crime or, or attacks. I suppose the most recent one has been here, uh, j just down the road in the town park, uh, in, in the last few days, an unfortunate incident of two women who, who were attacked in the town park. I know Gardaí here in McCroom are making an appeal again this morning for witnesses and for people to come forward. Um, your thoughts, first of all, I mean, McCroom, you wouldn't say, unlike every town, it isn't really, uh, you know, it's not a ghetto, things aren't that bad, but in the last year there's been a lot of, uh, of, of crime news in the area. There has, John Paul, but um, I suppose, like, in general, uh, McCroom is a good town, it's a quiet town, it's a good town to live in, and you feel very safe walking most mm. places in McCroom. Um, we've got a good CCTV uh, system from from uh, for that's covering most of Main Street and and off off car parks and things like that, so like you know we have a, a, this little bit of trouble uh, in in the Castle Domain in particular. 
and uh, it, it, I suppose it's young people have to go somewhere and I don't want to be criticising young people and all young people are not the same and mm. I want to make that straight most young people in McCroom are very nice young people and you can chat to them and talk to them and meet them on the street and they'll say hello to you, you know? but um, so I think since the CCTV camera came into the main street it's after pushing a problem that we had around the main street where we'd have the odd window broken or we'd have a bit of damage done it's that after pushing it down into the castle grounds and this is, a, this is something that I've been on about with years and years and years. Now, I know there's people not going to agree with me, but I mean, all national parks and, 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 and quincher parks have been cleared of rhododendron and laurel and all this kind of undergrowth. And if you walk through the castle gates and once, once you go around the corner and head for the black gate, which is at the back of the golf club, mm. there could be 40 people watch you and you won't see them because there, there's paths through there's, a, there's a little places they have for their drinking sessions and all that kind of stuff. And that's fine. I have no problem with that. But there are people then that are used for different purposes. So, like, I mean, uh, um, I think what needs to be done is now the Castle Domain, uh, there's trustees over the Castle Domain, but it's far, it, was, it, uh, it, it was left uh, to the people of Macroom as a, an immediate area. We have a fantastic community area. We have the Castle Domain. We have now connected the town park, which is at the other side of the river, with a, a Millennium Bridge, which we put up. So you could walk down there for the day, and you wouldn't realize you weren't McCroom at all because you wouldn't hear a car. You wouldn't, yeah. you know. Uh, it's beautiful. It's, it's great absolutely fantastic. To have in the center of a town. Yeah, yeah. But we need, we need to, and this is an appeal I would make to the trustees of the town park and, and the people of the town need to come together to make it a safer place. And it could be made very safe in a short in a short space of time by taking out the stash of this old rhododendron and this laddles and we also unfortunately around the town of McCroom for some reason I think those maybe when foresters came to McCroom first they were trying to be nice to people and we had the world of spruce trees and things that were sat around the place yeah. now some of them are nice right but there's a woods, little woods of them that need to be taken out and replaced with with, with, uh, with um, local uh, hardwoods and stuff again like ash and oak and that kind of stuff there are some beautiful trees in the castle ground, but you can't see them because they're covered with laurel and they're covered with rhododendron. So I would appeal to the, to the Castle Domain trustees to come together with the council and see if we can solve this problem. Yeah, and it's a shame because, as I mentioned, beautiful facility to have in a town. I mean, Eileen, most, peop- most towns would kill to have a facility like this within their, their town whereby you're a two-minute walk from the main area of the town. And as Martin said, you can forget where you are because it's all peaceful and quiet in there. Uh, does this give a reflection of the town, even though there's been very little incidents, but uh, from a, a local counselling point of view and indeed then from uh, you're, you're from the area, do people say to you, oh, what's happening in McCroom? I mean, does it give a bad reflection, even though it isn't really anything to do with the day-to-day running or the day-to-day goings-on in the town? I suppose externally, it, it of course, gives a bad showing of the town. But, you know, th- there's bad news stories everywhere. And unfortunately, they're the ones that tend to be picked up more than the good news stories. I mean, I'm from just outside McCroom. My people are from McCroom. My mother's from McCroom. And, you know, you'll find it very difficult to meet nicer, more genuine people than what you do in McCroom. Um, so it's unfortunate that there are these stories there, particularly in the past year, I think, which are giving the town a bad reputation. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, these are only a handful of incidents. Mm. They shouldn't have happened. It's unfortunate that they did. But I do feel that at times it can take away from the town and from the good things that are being done in the town. And you see that so much more recently in terms of investment coming back into town. 
um, more organisations being set up. The Briar Gap um, is being redone. We had recent funding announced for that again last week. So there's so many positive news stories about McCroom and it's just unfortunate that these smaller negative stories do get the press time. And uh, overall, McCroom is a safe place, just to re- re- clarify that. I mean, we, again, I don't want to make this place sound like there's crime every five minutes, but overall it is safe. It's just a few incidents. And I know, Gardy, you're appealing for witnesses again to what happened in the town park, and hopefully those people will be caught. But it is a safe town. Absolutely. I mean, I would say McCroom is a very safe town. I would never feel in any way, you know, worried about being around town my own at night or anything like that. Um, and as you've mentioned, again, the Castle Grounds, like, it's a fantastic facility and the walks down there are amazing. And we're very lucky in that there's so many facilities down there in terms of GA pitches, soccer pitches, um, the golf club. We have exercise facilities down there. There's um, people go swimming in the river there during the summer. It's a fantastic facility and it's one that, pe- you know, we're very lucky around here to have it. So it's important that we use it and that we sell, you know, the good side of it and the good things that are in there. So Exactly, the outdoor gym and everything. So make Absolutely. sure that everything is used. And as Martin said, if they do the clearing uh, side of things, it might enhance it for the area and get rid of that crime aspect. Uh, we mentioned there the Briary Gap, Eileen. Funding was announced last week. A paper report <coughs> yesterday in the Corkman suggests that more funding is needed for the Briary Gap. Any idea when work will begin uh, and what the outcome will be? Well, the, as I mentioned, Minister Madigan was down here last Thursday and she announced an extra 350000 for the Barry Gap from her Department of Arts, Heritage and Gwildsox. It'll be largely funded, however, by the County Council. And this project is currently, they're looking at plans and they're looking at tenders. So hopefully we should see work starting next year. And the project then, I guess it can take up to 18 months to two years. But we have to get our tender finalised first before work can begin. So. And Martin, I'm sure, because it's been closed for a number of years, you'll be happy to see this reopen. Are you happy with the, the plans that are in place for the Barry Gap? I know there's mention of a road closure as well for a part of that that locals were a bit unhappy with, but overall, are you happy with the investments coming to the Barry Gap? Yes, uh, certainly. Um, the Barry Gap is a huge loss to the town over the last four years, and it's just unfortunate that it has dragged on and dragged on with insurance claims and all that kind of stuff, you know? Now, uh, hopefully we see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel at this stage. The announcement that we had last week is very welcome, but I think we need, we still need, and uh, we still need a penny on our minister, we still need more funding from some department. I think we are, there is another uh, application lodged, and hopefully we might get some more money from that. This project, uh, they're talking between four and four and a half million euro to restore this, this project, you know? And um, like for the last three years, we've kept theatre kind of alive in McCroom. We were using the hotel at the other end of town, which is no longer available to us now. So, uh, realistically, the theatre has stopped in McCroom now, for, the, for, for now, and that's unfortunate because we had the, we had the, the Brady Gap, you had, you, had the, you had the youth theatre, you had, the, you had the, the choir, and you had so many different things built up over the years, and now, unfortunately, they have no, they have no centre for to, to perform. So, hopefully, it will start early next year and uh, it's a 12 to 18 month project i think that's that's it and hopefully that that you know that we'll we'll get it going early in the next year and that we'll be back in business the road closure i see another map another drawing of that yes uh, so now the back street that was supposed to be closed off completely will not be no so that should help the businesses in that area uh, the compound has to be put here in the middle of the square, unfortunately, because there isn't any room at the back of the building, so a tall crane will have to be erected in the compound here in the centre of the square. And I don't think there's any way around that at this uh, stage, John Paul, so hope all, all um, businesses and the council can come together and, and, and agree, agree the, 
about the compound and that it won't hold up the, the progress of the of the building. Okay, and one of the big stories that has been in the news again this week, and it came from our show on Monday, uh, but it's in regarding the asylum seekers who have been announced for uh, County Galway, Nuke Gerard, and also uh, asylum seekers have moved into the Riverside Park Hotel here in McCroom over the last few weeks. Eileen, we spoke to you at the time. There was a, a lot of controversy around asylum seekers moving into the town. A lot of remarks were being made at the time, but one of the remarks was that people People did not know this was happening and it just seemed that people were frustrated and angry that they didn't know what was going on in their own town. Uh, do you think maybe in future for local towns, instead of frightening people into what is going to happen, that there should be some open dialogue and people should be informed of if, if a decision has been taken for a hotel that is operating in, as a full hotel, changes overnight and that asylum seekers are going to be brought in, do you think maybe in a more open dialogue would save a lot of the remarks that were made over the last few weeks? Absolutely. I mean, as I said before in the show, you know, consultation was extremely lacking in that. Um, Councillors weren't notified. Um, it would seem TDs weren't notified that we got notice about six days before people moved in. And then we didn't have the information to give to people other than this is happening. So, like anything else, when there's a void of information, when there's a vacuum, it's going to be filled with there was a lot of propaganda, there was a lot of lies, there was a lot of things that run through going around because there was a vacuum and because there was nobody putting out what was actually happening. So in future, I think it's vital that you would have consultation on these things because, as you'll recall, when this was announced initially, there was a lot of bad feeling around McCroomtown about this because people didn't know as to where these asylum seekers were coming from, how long they were going to be staying, what the general story was. Whereas now they're here um, since the start of August, so they're here about six weeks now. And in general, the feedback around town is good. It's great to see that um, our new residents are getting... They're becoming integrated. The kids are going to the local schools. They've, um, a few of them have volunteered with the local Tidy Towns group, the local soccer club. Um, so overall, I would say it's going well and integration is going as well as could possibly be expected. But it was just that initial lack of consultation that you know, made people afraid as to what was actually happening. Yeah, and I suppose they can learn from that going forward. I presume that everybody is still happy. If there seems to be some concerns around the town, you're always going to get that when, when there's change, I suppose, as well. Uh, but I have seen overall the, those, the soccer club, for example, I think, is welcoming new members from uh, the Asylum Seekers. Martin, I, I've seen photos of asylum seekers who have been welcomed into the tidy towns yes. and, and are working uh, with the voluntary groups. So there is integration. No, no. Um, look, I think uh, always, John Paul, when something like this happens, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it was sudden. But... You know, um, these people, like, I mean, these are unfortunate people, that, uh, like, and, and I, I've learned a lot about their plight since they have come to town and with the, we've worked with the tidy towns. Sorry, Martin. Okay, John. <laughs> keep going. We're learning from them as much as they're learning from us, I think. And, um, like, all the different groups in the town, like the GA, the soccer club, the tidy towns, and I'm, I'm sure there are other groups that I don't know about that, that have reached out and have gone to the hotel and met with these people and seen what their needs were. And they are more than willing to come, come out and get, in, get involved with the community. And uh, we have six, of, uh, six uh, every Saturday morning with us at the Tidy Towns. Now we would love to take more of them, but at the moment we can't because we're trying to organize ourselves a bit better. But they are more than willing to volunteer. And there are, there are people out there and, 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 the, and they're plight in their situation. I spoke to one girl who's Husband is still in, in, in a foreign country, fighting, trying to get, not fighting, but trying to get out of there. And she, she's in a situation where she might never again see her husband because she don't know she don't know whether he's dead or alive. And you have these sad stories. And, and I mean, you know, there are there, there might be a few people in the town who who are not happy about the situation. But 
I, I personally had only about three or four people contact me anywhere about it over the, over the period of time. They have settled in very well. The local community have now uh, accepted that they are there, and, and the best way to go forward is, is to work with them and try and help them in any way that we possibly can. And Eileen, one of the things discussed on our show on Monday was the fact that asylum seekers are in direct provision and will we look ahead in 10, 20 years time and realise we did not treat these people very well by keeping them in, in facilities like this. Do we need to look at that in the future? I know there was other remarks made on Monday's show, which uh, is a debate for a different day and we debated that earlier in the week. But is that something we need to look at uh, and does the government need to look at this uh, on how the way we actually keep them in those facilities? Absolutely. I mean, direct provision is a system that has been there for a while now and it's, it's proving time and time again that it's not working. However, the issue is what's the alternative? And until we can find a viable alternative, it seems like we're stuck with the system we have. So it's, it's not ideal and I'm not going to say it's ideal mm. because it's not. Um, the centres are unfortunately what we have at the moment to deal with this issue. And until there's a better viable solution, I think that's the way it'll stay. But you know, Minister Santon is working on this all the time. There's various other projects aside from direct provision centres as far as there's um, community integration schemes which are being run at the moment whereby they've worked in a few towns in East Cork whereas instead of bringing in, you know, 60, 70, 80 migrants, you bring in a family or two and as such they're adopted by the community and it leads to more streamlined integration. So, I mean, maybe that's something that we should be looking at nationwide rather than these centres. But they're very much on a test basis at the moment. As I said, they're being carried out in several towns in East Cork. So it's, you know, I think it's just about looking at alternatives. And would you disagree with the comments made earlier in the week by the Cork South West Deputy Michael Collins on the fact that it should be a situation of Irish first and everyone else second? I do and I don't because I, I can see where he's coming from in that. And I think that comment came from in light of uh, Deputy Noel Grealish's mm-hmm. comments in relation to Gerard. But we have to accept that we have a duty of care to these people um, you know in terms of the amount of migrants that the rest of Europe takes we're very small we have about seven and a half to eight thousand in the system at the moment we also of course have an issue with our own in terms of homelessness but I think you know there's a lot of Irish people that don't want to live in emergency accommodation also and it's about balancing that we of course have a duty to our own but we also have a duty to these people and it's important that we can reach that balance between both Okay, well, uh, very finally, because we're, we're moving on with time-wise here, I want to go to two positive um, issues to do with tourism, which seems to be on the, crease, on the increase here in the Lee Valley area. Uh, but first of all, I can't not ask about the McCroom Bypass. We've been asking about this for the last 30 years, Martin. I'm sure you're, you're, you're sick of talking about it. What is the latest? The markings are uh, out on the... If you go yes. to the Coolihan Road, you will see the markings yeah. in that area. Uh, what is the latest situation when we're hearing so many stories? Nothing comes to fruition sometimes, and sometimes it does. So yes. what is happening? Uh, I think I think it's progress in this time. I, I, I'd have high hopes. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Okay. I, I didn't last last year when I spoke to him. My my hopes on that been as as I work there at the moment. Look from what I can local, learn from my local minister and from and from the the county engineer and things is that is that this is moving ahead, and all the works are done. It's, it's it is ready to go. It, the tenders have been out there. I don't know whether the tenders have been accepted or not yet. I'm, we will be trying to find that out at the end county hall. I don't know whether the tender has been handed out. Somebody told me that there is a contractor appointed. If that's the case, it's quite here. So the, the day they tell me the contractor's appointed, that's the day I believe. Mm-hmm. So since 1986, 1986 <laughs> yeah. 
That's how long it is, John Paul, 1986. <laughs> that's a lifetime. It is. And if, if they don't stop the bloody thing shortly, well, I'd be going, uh, I, 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 I might get down the Zimmer frame or something to see it. <laughs> or, uh, you know, and or else, uh, you know, it's, ju it's just so frustrating that you, you know, that, that uh, life is, life is, is short, mm. okay? Uh, and and you're, you're fighting for something for so many years and then there's so many disappointments. But I do think, I do think we're uh, past, I, I'm not quite sure. Eileen might know a bit more. She, she's a colleague of the ministers. But um, I do think we're across the line. Uh, you're welcome, obviously, if this does happen, Eileen. It's needed for the area. But I, I presume, like Martin, have you any uh, uh, further updates for us? Or is it at the stage whereby tindering will be the next issue? But it could be another few. I mean, if it goes to tinder at, at that stage, it could be another five, six, seven, eight, nine years before anything happens. Well, it actually, you know, I've, I've been dealing with Minister Creed on this, and it's obviously something he's been lobbying for, for mm. many, many years, as Martin has mentioned. Um, but no, I understand that the Transport um, Industry Ireland, TII, have decided on the contractor for the tender, so that will go for cabinet approval at some point later this month. And once it's approved by cabinet, then hopefully we will see works beginning towards the end of this year. Okay, very finally, tourism. It seems to be on the up here with new enterprises for tourism in, in, in McCroom, Mid-Cork and the wider Lee Valley area. And also, uh, if you are here in the town any night, weeknights especially, and this could be because of the route from Clarence, you will be you will hear American voices and American tourists admiring the castle, admiring what is on show here in McCroom. If someone, and Martin, I'll start with you on this, was, uh, was coming to McCroom, or if you knew of someone visiting, they were going to explore the area what's the one thing you would advise them to show or to see in this area well uh, in McCroom, McCroom town itself um i suppose we we, we would be depending a lot on our walks and the, and the, the castle the main trying to sell the castle uh the the, the uh, town park and you know really for walks and 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 for uh, and also I, I would sell McCroom as, as a, a, a center because we have the gateway to Kerry, mm. so we're we're half an hour from Kerry, we're a half an hour from Cork, we're a, an hour from Kinsale, so that it, 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 it would be an ideal place to, to if you were coming for a, a week to have a look at Cork County, it would be an ideal place to set yourself up uh, in this beautiful castle hotel here or, or uh, in one of our local B&Bs uh, or whatever, uh, and, and you're, you're, you're really in the center of everything. Now, um, we probably, like, I mean, we also have uh, probably 50 buses passing through McCroom, here every 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 day and not not every week but every day mm. and a lot of them can't stop because of, of our bus spaces we have a bus space in the square which is okay for someone coming from Killarney but if you're coming from the car side you just can't pull across the road you, you, it's just it's dangerous and I've been for years saying that we need to we need to look at having a couple of new bus stops somewhere in the square well because I I, I, I was speaking to a, a bus contractor one time a, 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 a an operator, and he said he'd love to bring people up here from Cove uh, when the when the ferries come in. He'd he'd, he'd ship him around other places. He'd love to bring uh, a bus or two here to McCroom, but he can't because of the facilities in the square are not so. I know. Hopefully, if we had the bypass, we might be able to do something about that. Yeah. But also, when it's ever mentioned, like people people in McCroom, I I just have this feeling about the, the central town down the coast side the box. You know, uh, I think uh, there is room for to put a bus space in the back square. We could have a bus space in the front square, and they'd be able to pull in and pull out and go on their journey. If they only, if they only use the, the couple of local hostelries, the the the, the, calf, the the calves and things around, they're going to leave a few bob in McCroom anyway. You know, uh, we have a, we have a nice we have a nice jewelry shops here in the centre of town and things like that. And I think it's just that the, the business people themselves realistically need to have a, a look at the situation. 
and, and, and think outside the box a small bit. For yourself, if there was one location locally where you'd advise people to come from, Martin's given a good sell there of what should happen as well in the town for the future, but one location briefly on where people sh- sh- should go. One location, I mean, if you're in McCroom Town, it has to be back to the castle. The yeah. views back there, the walkway back there, that, you know, it has to be around the town. I suppose it's a market town. There's an awful lot of good places around town. We're also very great town for music and crack and kjol. Our pubs, I think, are one of our best assets around town. And we also would have a lot of shkriyukting nights and um, nights with kjol. So those kind mm. of things, I think, they're a big sell for tourists. I suppose Golden's would be like a, one of the pubs in Dingle with the hardware kind of uh, frontage and inside the pub as well. So that's unique for American visitors to the area as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, as as I mentioned earlier, I think our people in McCroom are like what makes it. Yeah. So going into any of the pubs around town, it's, it's the people and the characters mm. that you meet and the crack that you see that create the atmosphere yeah, well for many yeah, you know yeah. it's it's something different I guess well we thank you both for joining us this morning uh, joined there by uh, Independent Councillor Martin Coughlin and Fine Gael Councillor Annie Lynch thank you for joining us this That's morning and thank best you. of luck for the weekend here with the Food Festival okay. we did mention the asylum seekers there in that conversation we're going to speak to one of those along with Sheena Nidul from the Friends of the McCroom Asylum Seekers and we'll speak to those next Cork Today on C103 live from the Castle Hotel for the McCroom Food Festival you're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 And we are live from the Castle Hotel in McCroom for the McCroom Food Festival with the Cork Today Show with you here until one. Now, a number of months ago, there was concern in McCroom when it was revealed the Riverside Park Hotel was to close and then be used for an emergency accommodation centre for asylum seekers. It seems locally now that worry has dismayed. Maybe it was what we spoke about a while ago, the unknown for the locals in McCroom when no one knew this was happening. Anyhow, Shilini Dowell from the Friends of McCroom Asylum Seekers joins me, as does Nadia, one of those who is now living in the Riverside Park Hotel. You're both very welcome to our studio this morning and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. First of all, Sheila, uh, we mentioned about locals being concerned. Um, It would seem now that looking at the uh, this morning here even and the local groups that we've met this morning, there's a lot of integration going on. Has that concern gone? Probably there is people still concerned in the town, but from the comments we're getting and the negative comments, what would you say to those people? Because it's obvious that local people here are mixing and welcoming these people into the local organisations. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, generally this concern comes from a lack of knowledge and maybe a fear. And I think the more people meet our new neighbours and chat and realise, you know, there's nothing to worry about, then the fears dissipate. And I think that's that has really, really happened now in the last... Um, it could have been because of the lack of information of what was happening with the hotel and that it wasn't told or there wasn't public consultation. Exactly. That a lot to do with it? Yeah, I, yeah. I, th- I think uh, the Department of Justice have a tendency maybe to, um, to sort of spring these centres onto rural towns without sort of doing research or talking to the locals and you know that's not a very healthy way to go about things and we can from we were speaking to martin earlier on about the toddy towns groups a number of those uh, in the riverside park hotel are now joined the toddy towns group and even the local soccer club has started recruiting uh, to find a soccer star so uh, the local clubs are getting involved so it, it does show that the community are willing to accept yeah absolutely and also that our our friends in the riverside park are willing to integrate themselves that they want to come and live here and be part of the community and be involved in all the events that are happening well uh, one of those who's lives in the Riverside Park Hotel. Nadia joins me. Nadia, welcome. Thank you so much. 
Uh, first of all, a lot of people will be asking, you know, why does someone choose to come here? And it really isn't a choice, I suppose, for you. You have come from Syria. Just tell us your journey. Uh, well, um, you know, the conflict in Syria mm -hmm. since many years, and uh, we couldn't settle down there with our kids. So the, there's no safety, no uh, security for them, and their future there, it's uh, unknown and it's dangerous. So that's we choose to come here to Ireland because we know Ireland is a, a very uh, safe country, and um, the people here, we heard from many people that uh, they are very kind and welcoming to the strangers. So that's why our destiny uh, br brought us here, and... Uh, we are very happy to be here. And did you choose Ireland yourselves? Or was it a case that when you were fleeing Syria, that it was just one of the countries that was chosen for you when you were fleeing the area? Uh, no, actually, I chose. You chose? Yeah, yeah. And now you have been in, in the emergency accommodation in the Riverside Park Hotel. How are the facilities there for you? Uh, and are you happy there? I actually, I'm really satisfied and happy, m uh, me myself and my children as well. Um, they are uh, improving everything every day, and uh, my uh, kids are settled now in the school. Um, everything is lovely, and things is getting improved day after day, and uh, we are really settled and happy there. And how many children have you? Uh, three children. Over and, and they're, as you said, ha happy settling. And have you family at home still in Syria? Yeah, actually, my parents are still there. Oh and my brother is arrested since four years. We don't know anything about him, if he's still alive or no. We have no information. It's very dangerous to be there uh, for our situation. You know? And you've no contact with your family over there? Uh, my parents, yeah, I yes. can contact them from time to time. But my brother, we, c we couldn't contact him since four years. So you're obviously very worried about your family, especially yeah. your brother, when, when there's no contact. Yeah. And for life now here in McCroom, like we've heard from people who are integrating, I'm sure you're aware there was concern initially, but everybody seems to be integrating into local facilities here and indeed local clubs. Are, are you one of those and are you enjoying being able to be out and about here in McCroom? I know, you, unfortunately, you can't get involved in a working capacity at the moment, uh, but on a voluntary level, are, are you happy with your life and happy getting involved in the town here? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I'm one of the first people to be in integrated, uh, especially first in the tidy town. Every Saturday we are there helping uh, the volunteers to clean the town and make it tidy as it is. Um, my kids also are involved in the clubs, soccer clubs, so they are going on a weekly basis. Um, also, I have some volunteering works uh, here and there, so it's very lovely and um, I'm very happy and I don't want to be moved from here anymore. <laughs> really, I feel I'm part of this community and I love everyone here. Everybody has been kind to you because I know we have received some negative comments, but overall, from being here in McCroom this morning, I don't see negativity from anybody in the town, from anybody in the local groups we've met, from, the, from people who we've spoken to from the tiny towns this morning. Everybody on the street, be nice to you as, you as you do go about your daily business. Yeah, really. As whenever I'm just uh, walking around the town, everybody is just uh, say greeting us and um, smiling to us. So we didn't feel that we are strange here. Really, we feel that we are part of this community. And regarding food then, uh, at the food festival this weekend, I know a lot of people from the uh, Riverside Park will be cooking as well uh, for the festival with the International Flavours event, which is great. Um, Sheila, the, the, the food side of things in the hotel, uh, can the asylum takers cook themselves or is there food provided for them? Food is provided for them in the hotel. So for this event, they weren't actually able to cook in the hotel, 
but some local people came forward and offered their kitchens and spaces for people to cook. So that's what we're doing today is preparing all the food for tomorrow. And there's people in youth reach, there's people in private houses just um, preparing dishes from their home countries. And it's really exciting. Can't wait to try everything tomorrow. And it is international flavour, so you're really bringing the international yeah. flavours yeah. to, to McCroom this year. I know yeah. other years, but it really is this year an yep. international flavour. 17 tasting. different countries this year. And Nadia, are you taking part in that as well? Yeah, Excellent. I'm the first one also. Uh, are you a good cook? <laughs> I, uh, I'm cooking. I have uh, like preparing one <laughs> traditional uh, food uh, dish from Syria. It's called the yabrak. And what's it? What, what's in that particular dish? Uh, it's a uh, vine leaves stuffed oh. with rice and vegetables, and other with meat and rice for the vegetarian yeah. and for the. Uh, oh, for uh, both. Yeah, for both. I'm preparing mm. and tabbouleh. Oh, yeah. I know uh, everybody is familiar with tabbouleh as well. <laughs> Well, that sounds very healthy. Healthy choices there. Yeah. Well, best of luck to you, Nadia, Thank and you so best of luck w with your uh, settling into this particular community, which you seem you already have. And uh, also, Sheila, well done to the work you have done uh, in McCroom as well over the last few weeks so with all of this. I know you're highly involved in the food festival as well, so you'll be staying around for the day. And uh, Nadia, best of luck with the cooking tomorrow for the international Thank flavors. So and much. thanks for joining us this morning in our McCroom studio. Uh, we are here live from McCroom for the McCroom Food Festival. On the way after news at 11, we're going to be tasting some of the local food and drink producers here in the McCroom and Lee Valley area as part of the McCroom Food Festival. I will also hear why would you choose to set up a business in McCroom? That and more to come. We are live from the Castle Hotel in McCroom for the McCroom Food Festival. We are here right through until one o'clock uh, this afternoon, taking the show live today from the Castle Hotel in McCroom. If you're in the area, do join us. We're here until one and the C103 Street Fleet are with us today. Our lines are open. Bernie's back at base at 1850 or indeed, you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. You can tweet us at C103Cork or email jp at c103.ie. We spoke there earlier to Councillor Eileen Lynch and indeed Councillor Martin Coughlin. One of the issues we rose there on that discussion was the issue of crime. And we have a text in from a person asking... Uh, was anyone caught for the vandalism caused at the beautiful fairy garden in McCroom? Well, uh, as far as I'm aware, th there wasn't. No, maybe there wasn't in the last uh, few hours. But I can report from their Facebook that uh, they have got offers of support from the local community uh, from the way of CCTV cameras. So that's going to be supplied to them as well. Uh, it is Michael McCarthy, CCTV and cl Clown Fodder in McCroom is going to sponsor the cameras for the fairy garden. And then Humphrey Lynch's, Lynch's Bakery uh, in here in McCroom, he's going to supply the power for those particular cameras so on the issue of if someone was caught I cannot answer that for, for sure as yet but I can tell you they have worked around this in the community and they are going to have CCTV installed and that will make a difference to the beautiful Fury Garden and if you haven't been there it is worth a visit it's in Matty Town in McCroom uh, if you're asking where Massytown is, if you know the Oridas of what was at this stage, uh, Oridas nightclub in McCroom, uh, if you go beyond that, it's, it's up there. There is a little signpost in the area uh, and it is a beautiful facility. And well done to everybody who looks after the Fairy Garden in McCroom. Now, let's concentrate on the reason we are here today and that is for the 8th McCroom Food Festival. It's underway. It got underway last night. And to look ahead what you can expect across the weekend, I'm joined by some of the organisers from the McCroom Food Festival. Uh, Joe Lovell and Catherine Costello join me. You're very welcome both to our studio here in McCroom this morning. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you. Uh, first of all, Catherine, it's so much on offer this year, bigger and better again. And we say that every year, but there is more on offer this year. We, we'll discuss the busking and the comedy side of it in a moment. Uh, but it seems to be coming known as the capital event for food in the McCroom area and also across the region for the end of September, start of October period, isn't it? 
It is really, and I suppose we do say that every year, but it does feel like it's getting bigger and better every year. I suppose we're getting more adept at um, at organising things and the range of food and producers in the area is growing year on year, so it, it's getting easier for it to be that destination festival every year. And I suppose as the years go on, more people want to get involved because they see the success of the festival. For sure, yeah. It, um, I suppose w- once something is established, it's... Um, uh, it's always an easier sell for, for people so we um, yeah we have a fantastic range of producers here in town and around um, who get involved and offer their time and their produce and I suppose want to get involved mm. um, and this year that's supplemented really nicely with lots of music events um, yeah. and uh, as you mentioned earlier in the show the um, the international community in McCroom are really adding um, a, an extra element and lots of extra flavour to it this year. Exactly. Well, Joe, one of the events that is happening later on here in the hotel is the Tea Time Swing Dance. Now, that's always very popular. And given the fact that Downtown Abbey is a movie out at the moment, uh, a lot of people are into dressing up in various costumes for those kind of dance uh, routines. Uh, That's happening tonight. Just tell us about that and how people can get involved with this particular event. Yeah, it's going to be really super this year because we've got a riffraff from the city coming out to play and they're a swing band. Um... And everybody gets dolled up for the evening and dances the night away. There's some fantastic uh, food and refreshments. There's um, desserts and tapas, uh, which have all been volunteered um, by local producers and local bakers. Um, and it's only 10 euro, which is great value. And it's you can dance the night away and have a... F- ball really and then uh, for the children because if you're dancing night away tonight you might need to look after the children in a different way tomorrow morning you might be up for it but if you want to there is a kids zone in the morning Catherine just tell us about that Uh, that's going on in the marquee in the main square that's always a a big event yeah this this is an event we started um, maybe five years ago and it has it has just um, run away with itself it's uh, one of the uh, most popular events of the festival actually Um, this year it's um, a clown themed event so it's in a big marquee on, th- on the square tomorrow morning from 11 um, there'll be face painting balloon Connor, b- balloon magic Connor the clown will be there um, our Faroiga uh, volunteers here in here in McCroom are um, are helping out with that so there'll be lots of fun and uh, we can take kids off uh, <laughs> Any sore heads, uh, sore headed parents in the morning from the night tonight. And uh, as we were mentioning about fringe events, so there's two this year really the comedy uh, festival, first of all, that was on here last night. Just tell us about that. That was a, a huge success. And is that something that may be growing within the festival? Yeah, it was fantastic actually. I was there myself and there was a great turnout. And um, I believe that Don from the Castle Hotel is going to rerun it on a monthly basis now because it was so successful. And um, it was just so entertaining and a real good comedy capers night. We need that in our lives these days, yeah. a, bit, a, a bit of fun and a, and a bit of comedy. And also, Catherine, the busking side of things, the competition, that's been a huge success, a lot of interest in that this year. We're going to hear from Bo Collins, who will sing uh, uh, later on in the show, uh, one of the buskers for this year's competition. Uh, how is that going to work overall in the festival? Um, so we were really overwhelmed, actually, this year with the level of talent that um, that came back. We, we put it out uh, there a couple of months ago that to see if we could get... Um, some local live musicians to um, to provide entertainment during the taste trail tomorrow. 
So we created the busking competition and as I said we were overwhelmed with the level of talent and really young talent that um, that came back. So as you said we'll hear from Bo later on but there's um, there are any number of other uh, fantastic musicians and they'll be playing at various venues tomorrow afternoon between two and five at the Taste Trail. And then the big Saturday night session with in the square with the hot guitars. Yeah, so the, the winner of the busking festival is going to uh, warm up for hot guitars uh, tomorrow evening. So that's Abby Jessica Healy um, and her dad uh, uh, accompanying her tomorrow evening. They're going to uh, warm up on hot guitars. Um, we'll play then from about eight o'clock on the main square tomorrow. There's a pop-up food market. Um, open air, live music, lots of food, what more would you want? And while they're playing in the square, they're on the big stage. So it's a huge, uh, a massive uh, achievement for someone who is busking to be at that level because I, I've seen yeah. the crowds there at that come. There's all those huge crowds and, and you're on looking over them compared to busking in the street. It's great for, for those starting out in music. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose that's what the festival is about. Whether it's food or music, it's about offering a showcase um, uh, to people, particularly local. And the Taste of Wellness trailer you mentioned there, Catherine Joe, that's on tomorrow. That is always a huge event. People might be asking why is there balloons and stickers outside some buildings in McCroom, but that is the reason why tomorrow. Absolutely. Um, just keep your ears open. Your ears open. <laughs> um, and your eyes open, of course, um, for the balloons and signs, because we've got 11 Taste Trail venues and um, they're all just really well prepared for this. And the tickets are only three euro per taster. It's on from two until five. And um, we also have uh, four free treats for mind, body and home, uh, which are in the local pharmacies. And there's the front porch, who I think you'll be speaking to later. They'll be joining us later yeah. on the show, yeah. And um, it's just uh, while this is all going on, the buskers will be at each venue entertaining the people as they go around. So it all mixes in nicely all across mixes the in day. beautifully, yeah. And the big event then that, that people love to attend on the Sunday, it's huge, they travel all over for this, uh, Catherine, it's the Monster Outdoor Market, and this is where the square basically is transformed into a massive food market. Yeah, this, um, I suppose, has been our anchor event since the start. Um, we've over 50 stalls um, uh, booked in for Sunday, um, and again, lots of live um, music and entertainment. We've the um, the army band, and we've the um, pitched mm. uh, circus arts festival going on as well. And um, it that's, I suppose that's probably the biggest event of the festival. Um, the streets really do come alive. We close off the the main square to traffic, so it's um, it's really nice um, market to wander around and. Uh, Eat, eat your fill. Yeah, and it is, it's a huge day for McCroom, uh, not only for the, the market itself, but everybody really gets behind it and it adds to the atmosphere for the day, doesn't it? They really do. Yeah. Um, hail, rain or shine, we always have huge crowds at, um, at this event, I suppose, testament to the great food that's on offer and the great entertainment. And on that day as well, Joel, the school's cook-off, uh, that is back again this year. It is indeed, yeah. Um, we've had numerous entries from all over um, Cork and Kerry, which um, was the biggest response ever and um, they will be battling it out in the open air from two till four in the main square and that is sponsored by Danone Nutritia and um, it's it's their their gig really they've uh, been very good to us uh, over the years and um, this runs very well under the supervision of Caroline O'Connell and um, it's always quite nail-biting stuff and uh, the prizes are brilliant. There's uh, 
to iPads and for the main winners? Yeah, there's always excitement. You'll see them in the tent and everybody is kind of waiting towards the end on who will win. And great you're getting them, not only from Cork, but across Kerry as well now. So it shows how, how much the festival is growing. Uh, very finally, we mentioned there about the fact that the Monster Market is, is basically growing every year as well. A lot of this, have, obviously enough, Catherine, wouldn't happen without the local businesses and, sp and sponsors that you receive here uh, over the last year to keep everything running. Yeah, absolutely. We couldn't do this um, festival is mostly volunteer led, um, so we couldn't do it without the both financial sponsorship and um, time, food, all the, all the other support. I suppose it takes a village to um, uh, to put this kind of festival together. Yeah. So we have um, we're very lucky enough to have sponsorship from Cork County Council, the Lee Valley Enterprise Board, yourselves and C103, um, CCAD, the hotel here, um, Palace Foods. And a number of um, a, a, a huge number of uh, of smaller sponsors that um, that come in with their time, effort, and money every year. Okay, well, guys, best of luck as always. Great lineup again this year, and even more with the comedy and busking side of things. If people want more information, they will have the leaflets. If you're in McCroom, there's plenty of the leaflets, that kind of pink in colour around the town, and also you'll find it all on their website, McCroomFoodFestival.com. I know Catherine and Joe, thanks for joining us Thank on this, you. but I know you're staying Thank with you. us for the remainder of the show because as I look around where we are broadcasting from, Don Buckley's Bar here in McCroom, uh, there is a lot of food producers and drink producers after arriving in. There's a great array of food here in front of me uh, we have Sadie here who's with me today and Maraid Tuig from our newsroom has just joined us in McCroom she's going to be sampling the food uh, with us over the next while so we'll get into the food and drink in a while from some of the local food and drink producers taking part in the McCroom Food Festival first though let's have a look at the jobs on offer C103 Jobs and on today's job spot, we have opportunities for a bar person required to cover three night shifts in the Buttevant area. May suit someone living locally, contact 87 Construction workers with on-site experience are wanted for the Banleen area for taking down plaster and other odd jobs. Send your CV to tim at hamiltonfrench.com. And general operatives and skilled labourers are required for general construction work for a long-term project in the Cork area. Previous experience is necessary and a safe pass also necessary. Email your details to hphcorkjobs at gmail.com and you'll find these details and more online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs. Cork today on C103 live from the Castle Hotel for the McCroom Food Festival. You're listening to Cork today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Live from the Castle Hotel in McCroom for the McCroom Food Festival. This is at the Cork Today Show with you here until one. And now it's time to meet some of the local food and drink producers who are taking part in the festival here in McCroom over the next few days. Uh, firstly, we're going to begin with Geraldine Galvin. Uh, she is from McCroom Beef. Geraldine, a very good morning to you. Good morning. And thanks for joining us here. Now, first of all, just tell us about your business because you used to be working in a bank. So a big transformation to leave the bank and go into this industry. Absolutely. I left the bank just about a year and a half ago. And I spent the last four years of it down in Clonkilty, really where the home of passion for food. And I got to meet a lot of food producers, small family businesses and whatever. And I really got to enjoy what they do and um, thought about it and we've been always been producing um, our own beef and we've always eaten our own beef 
um, for many years, since 1992. So when I gave up the bank, I thought maybe this is, there's an opportunity here in the food business. So um, I had no food background, didn't know anything about producing food. And if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. And obviously producing meat and beef, um, you have your major regulations to go through. So I enrolled for the Diploma of Food Speciality in UCC, and I completed that last year, so I finished that in June. An excellent course for anybody who's thinking of starting a, um, a food business, and Jusheen is the coordinator there. Um, so from that I learned you know, um, food regulations and food safety authority and HACCP rules and risk analysis and all of that dealing with food. So I completed that in June, so it's really now that I'm, I'm getting going on this. Um, Blanc d'Aquitaine beef is a, is, um, is a French breed of cattle. Um, it would be seen as a delicacy in France, and there's even um, specific butchers that only sell Blanc d'Aquitaine beef, particularly up around the, uh, the Bordeaux region. Um, we source all our, our, um, um, our AI bulls from France, so it's a pedigree heritage that we have. So um, it's a very tender meat, it's a very lean meat, and we, we love it ourselves, so I'm hoping that everybody else will, will e equally enjoy it as well. Well, we will taste some of the produce here in a while. When you mentioned you had to go through a lot of things to get to this level when it comes to the food industry, I presume you had some business backgrounds and accounting from the bank. Did that help your experience yes, in the bank? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. From the whole side of um, you know, getting your cash flow right and, and how much you need to invest in a small business startup. Um, the figures can be kind of scary sometimes, but I'm sure you know I've seen people who have done it on on a tight budget, um, and try to try and keep the costs as low as possible because 
you know, there, there isn't a lot of money in, in producing beef anyway, for starters, so yeah. we have to kind of keep the, the initial start of the cost as low as possible. And we know about um, that this week with and, and in the last few weeks about the beef industry absolutely. and the fight for price. Does that affect you? I presume you have your own herd anyhow. Uh, so Well, it does. It, it, uh, you know, it affects every beef farmer because when you have cattle that are ready to go to the factory, you know, you can stall them and say, look, you know, you, you, um, they're either ready when they're ready and, and you can't... Um, postpone it for a mm. month or whatever because they start losing or else you have to feed them for longer and that costs more money. So every single beef farmer in the country has been affected by this. Um, so it's really a case of, you know, I, I looked at our, our situation and decided we're all architects of our own destinies. So by trying to do something ourselves and trying to improve our own income from the beef, um, this route is, is the, the route for us that we think. You know. Okay, well, you have some brought, or you've uh, brought some of your produce in today here to us. I'm looking here on the table. There's burgers, um, there's other beef products. Moraid is here from our newsroom. Moraid, two week joins us from the newsroom. She's made her way uh, to McCroom. Uh, Moraid, how are you today? You've, uh, you've come to McCroom. You're seeing the, the, the spray here of food. There's so much an offer here today from all our different food producers. Uh, are you impressed? Because you're from uh, near the city in Ballygarvan, and, and this neck of the woods. Uh, some people might put food and McCroom together always, but over the last eight years, it's come to light with the festival. Are you surprised at what is available here in McCroom locally in produce-wise? It's fantastic. I'm delighted I came with a hungry belly this morning because <laughs> definitely going to be full going home. It's fantastic to see, and having something like a food festival here, it just goes to show the array of foods, as you say, that's available, and it just shows the whole county of Cork that... McCroom has a lot to offer. Yeah, now, uh, Geraldine, you have the beef burgers here in front of us. J just tell us, first of all, about what you've brought here, and, and we're going to taste some of your produce there as well. So, uh, Moraid is going to uh, taste the, the burgers there while, while you're telling me, Geraldine, about what you have uh, brought with you here today. Yep, what I've brought is um, I've brought some burgers, and they're gluten free. Um, oh, all our, all okay. our, obviously, all our products are gluten free, but the burger mix is, is a gluten free mix. Um, so, I've just had them with some brioche buns and um, just some. Um, uh, chutney with them as well, just add a little a little more kick to, to them. And then what I have is I have some stir-fry beef. Um, our beef is particularly tender, so just to show that round steak um, can be used in a stir-fry when, when the product is right starting out. Um, uh, so I have just some um, coriander, uh, garlic, ginger. I just made up the mix this morning. Um, some soy sauce, some oyster sauce, and, and just make up the mix stir-fried. Okay, I'm going to get someone of the last day brings down a burger to, to five, us here five, so we can taste seven it. Seven minutes to, to prepare this, you know. So and I just have them in some tortilla shells and freeze, freeze of handling. You mentioned gluten-free there. The, that's very popular at the moment from people who have no choice, but also from those who have chosen to become gluten-free. Absolutely. Um, we're seeing it more and more in everything, you know. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, you see, is it, is it a fad because um, people are, are eating gluten-free when they're not necessarily celiacs. Um, but however, there are a number of people who are genuine celiacs. Um, and obviously that's why our burgers, just to eliminate any risk of um, a celiac eating the burgers. Mm -hmm. No, you know, the brioche buns are not gluten-free, but I have gluten-free buns as well. If um, <laughs> that's the one here, is that way? Yeah. Now I'm, I'm tasting that. This is beautiful. The beef, the beef here. There's a bit of a spice to this particular beef. You were mentioning the mixtures you put in there. I see the onions, um, but the beef itself, as you as you said, very tender for beef because beef yes. can be chewy, but this isn't too chewy. But a lovely spice flavour off this. Yeah, it's as I say. There's um, the ginger and the garlic kick in it. Mm. Um, I love kind of spicy stuff myself. Anyway, so. Um, um, I put uh, there was 
in, in that mix, there's only about a teaspoon of, of ginger and a uh, teaspoon of, of you can really um, grated garlic. Get, get the taste, yeah. garlic. Um, but it's, it's uh, oh actually what I put into it as well, I was at the plowing at the weekend um, <laughs> during the week and it was um, fermented um, apple cider vinegar. So I did throw a little bit of that into it. Um, I was dying to try it and see what it was like. Um, at the plowing you can get some amazing products, um, Gloucester Heron products. Um, so I'm, I'm always keen to sample some of those. So I put a little bit of that um, apple cider vinegar into it as well. And you can really taste that through it. Moraid as you're uh, chomping there away on the beef. Are you a lover of beef, Moraid? <laughs> it's really nice. It's really yummy. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to pick up the burger and hold the microphone <laughs> yeah. and not destroy myself <laughs> with the burger. I'll give it a go now. Uh, but the, on the beef, did you like the beef? What oh, was I loved it. it. Yeah. yeah. Did you get really that nice. spicy taste? Isn't mm. that amazing? And the way really it comes through. It's really moist as well. It's really yeah. nice. It's really tasty. And the the preparation for this then, as Maria is going to try and <laughs> get the burger before <laughs> before she makes a mess. Uh, when <laughs> when you're preparing the beef, uh, how do you make it tender? Is it, is it naturally f- tender, or is there a way? That, that you prepare that? Absolutely. Um, our herd, uh, for starters, um, our herd is a closed herd, which means we don't uh, buy in any cattle. Every animal on the farm was born on the farm. And when we um, are identifying um, bulls for AI to, for the breeding process, um, we're always one of the traits we're always looking for is, is a very uh, calm temperament. So if you've got a calm cow, you know, obviously we'll have a calm uh, offspring in the calf. So that would all lead to very tender muscles. Um, you know, and if you have tender muscles, muscle is meat. Yeah. You'll obviously have tender meat. So that that would be one of the traits that we would always look for in um, in well our breeding process. It is beautiful, and for people who do like their meat more tender, they should go down your road because it, it is fantastic. Well done, uh, done Geraldine. One on One of that. the other things, just on the closed herd, is uh-huh. you eliminate any possibility of disease coming in. Yeah, that's true. Um, so obviously, no very little requirement for any antibiotics or anything like that. Exactly. Closed herd. Yeah, know. very true. Uh, Maria, you've eventually chomped in the burgers. <laughs> if this was television, you would have seen some lettuce and some a lot of other things falling <laughs> on the ground. Thank you. Ger- Geraldine was very professional. You kept talking while there was a mayhem basically going <laughs> on around you. Uh, what was the uh, burger like? Divine. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. What was the taste difference now from, let's say, a regular burger? If you were uh, on a night out or wherever, you get a, a takeaway burger. What did you notice in, in the difference in, in that particular beef burger? There's probably no comparison. I mean, you can tell it's fresh. It's, it's just so tasty. It's very tender, so easy to eat. Really enjoyable. And Geraldine? Somebody described it recently as um, a normal burger would be like a heavy red wine, whereas our burgers were like a light white. Oh, that's a good way to describe it. (laughs) Would you agree with that, Maurice? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Even the beef, it isn't as filling uh, from eating a slice of beef that I have have eaten here. So for some people I know when they go to, for example, a wedding, and and you have the beef option at a wedding, some people will choose fish because they feel it's too heavy for the rest of the evening. So it could be used in in, in that kind of a location or or setting. Yeah, that's always a possibility. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Geraldine, thank you for bringing your products. And the rest of the guys here, I'm sure, will chomp away on uh, on the beef uh, and your burgers as well. If people want to check out or get details on how they contact you, how can they do that? Yeah, we have um, our Facebook page is McCroom Beef, and our sister um, Facebook page is the actual farm, which is Terrelton Blondes. Um, so either of the two Facebook um, pages we can be contacted, and, and that's the easiest way to get to us at this stage. Very good. Well, thank you for coming in to us, and Geraldine. Thanks for having us. And uh, no problem, Geraldine Galvin there, Cheers. who is with McCroom Beef. Okay, we're going to go from beef, and we're going to go to cheese, and we're going to meet Vincenzo, who is from the Little Dairy and Tasty Cheese, and he is from the Inchigila area. Uh, Vincenzo, thank you for coming in to us today. Um, with a name like Vincenzo, I presume <laughs> you're not locally from Inchigila. No, 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 no. I'm Italian. You're I'm Italian. Whereabouts in Italy? I'm from Ancona, which is on the east coast, um, very central in Italy, central belt in Italy. 
So what brought so a man from a beautiful <laughs> part of Italy to a beautiful part of Mid-Cork? The, the weather, I say. <laughs> the weather? <laughs> okay. No, um, I, I had this dream of, um, I've always had this dream of uh, rearing my own animals and transform the product into, you know, so from milk to cheese. Mm. Um, and I was kind of bored with my old job. I had a friend in Ireland who had some land and I, I took the leap, yeah. And what were you working at initially? I was um, a geneticist. I used to teach animal genetics at university. So that's a big change yes, from a being a lecturer. It came, came in handy with the selection of the animals now and, yeah. uh, and all that. So. so you know that side of it, but yeah. still a big change fr from being it in a college situation. But I also trained as a vet, as a veterinarian, so this connection with the animals was there before, mm. and um, I just wanted to bring it into a more practical field you know, rather than uh, theoretical. Yeah. And life in Inchigila, how has that been and how long are you living in Inchigila? Big it's change from, uh, from Italy. Uh, yeah, it's a seven year and a half now. Oh, so um, you're well, well into it. I like it. I like Ireland. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's a good, uh, good vibe around here. I like the rural community, mm. the sense of belonging, you know. I've been really accepted, adopted by this small community. And that's and one that's thing that's we're noticing. Feeling. Yeah, we're noticing yeah. that today, big time in McCroom. Uh, people who have moved here from other parts of Cork or Ireland or wherever, there's a, a, a sense of belonging and everybody's exactly. accepted into yeah. the community. So tell us so about your cheese and the various types, types of cheese you have because you have your own herd in Inchigila. Um It's a small enough, for what, I, what I'm told anyways, it's a flock of 85 sheep. It's, uh, yeah, between lambs and everything, maybe I'm around 100 now, okay. but I'm milking 70. Right, so uh, it, it, this is uh, this cheese you have today, right in front of yep. us here, is is all from the from yep. the sheep on your yep. particular farm yep. in Chigila. Yep. Yep. What is the difference between this type of cheese now? Because we've spoken before to other cheese makers, you know, goat's cheese. What's the difference with this? Well, sheep sheep's milk, you know, as you know, for people with intolerance to dairy, classic dairy, so cows um, can be an alternative, like goat cheese. Um, it's also, I mean, tastier, really. <laughs> now you'll try it. But yeah, uh, I'll try some there. Um, the, a common misconception here in Ireland, I have to say, because sheep, dairy sheep are very rare in Ireland. So um, a common misconception is that this cheese is strong and it's too strong or it's stronger than goat. But it actually is a lot closer to cow's cheese than goat cheese. Uh, so the one you're trying now, that's mm -hmm. my pecorino, which is not... Um, is it's uh nice yeah, and it's light. my main production it's lovely and light and um but it has some aging to it already so it's this this is already four or five months old okay and how um, long would they be when you mention aging how long do you keep them to, to, to it mature it depends on the type of cheese you're making i mean the pecorino can go up to a year two years you know so it will be different as it ages um, the the one you have on your no, left, yeah. that's the strongest one I have. Okay, it's so I, I, I'm just finishing yeah. the, the the first one, and I'm gonna have the, the second one now. Oh, what's what's this called? No, that's that's only for the brave usually. Oh. <laughs> I can tell you that as I just put it into my <laughs> mouth. Look, JP. <laughs> too, too late, you have it in your it's mouth. It's in my mouth now. So. Go on. But um, it's it's a very strong cheese. It's called conciato, which means dressed mm. in Italian. It's a small round of pecorino, which is aged in sealed jars with a dressing of olive oil and vinegar and sometimes some herbs. So you it can has get a the very lovely taste. taste. It keeps changing in your mouth, yeah. and it's kind of a cheese that is you know, good for a glass of wine in the evening or yeah. um, a, a just in small amounts on pasta and things like that. There's a, you're right, the, the taste changes as you eat it, and yeah. it's a really strong taste. I've never tasted that from cheese it before, is, this strong different. taste. Moradi, you should try that if you can there. I guess a it's very because strong taste. it ages in absence of air, 
after a little oh, bit yeah. the, ru the, the air runs out and it's very similar to other ch types of cheeses in Italy like the fossa cheese which is buried underground and similar cheeses so there's this element of anaerobic fermentation maybe and Moraid do, do you like cheese Moraid first one. of all um, I do like yeah. cheese, but I'd be very much like a bit of cheddar for my sandwich. <laughs> okay. So I don't know if I have to be brave to eat this. Let's see what happens. This is the strong one. So Maria's going, the one I had with the fantastic taste uh, from it. And you can really, even the, the, the ingredients you mentioned there, Vincenzo, really come through in that as you eat it. Maria, do you <laughs> your face says it all. But it's oh. very nice. Isn't it? It is but you really get the strong nice. taste. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's all of, it impacts you straight away. It's like a few seconds and then it hits you. Yeah, no, I like that. I was I was quite nervous actually eating that because you said you have to be brave, but no, very nice. And do you sell your product locally then in the area? I do. At the moment, I'm only doing a couple of markets, farmers markets. So I do the Balincolig on a Wednesday mm -hmm. and Skibberin on a Saturday um, because my volumes are still quite small, actually. And I'm in the process of finishing off my, my own dairy. So next year, hopefully, I'll be covering... A larger area. And would you like to go into the supermarket type of, uh, of um, selling? I'd like to stay into a kind of a niche um, food retail kind mm -hmm. of thing, you know, so maybe a distributor that um, targets that kind of, of produce because really there's only a handful of us doing sheep cheese in Ireland. You know, it's pro less than 10 people. Is there Ireland. money in it? Money. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Potentially, yes. I think sheep, dairy sheep, are definitely have a huge potential in Ireland, especially with all the issues that we've just heard. And the heard. intolerances, yeah, yeah. Uh, intolerances, but also farming being at uh, you know at very tough, in a very tough spot at the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and dairy sheep would be definitely uh, more remunerative per acre than than beef, um, and in some instances even dairy cows. And the, the the environment in Ireland, the the the, the w you know the type of land, the thing that is uh, is all mostly grass based, it really suits this kind of um, production because sheep are seasonal, so okay. they will milk from March to September, October. Um, so it it would be, I think, yeah, there would be potential for that. Yeah. Well, I think there will be with the intolerances. Very finally, I'm eating a cheese here. This is it's very light and kind of watery. That's very what? different. That's yeah, very that's different. The one we should have started from, maybe. But maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait the other way. That's that's cool. Well, I've been brave around here, Vincent. So come on, what, what's this one? That's called Primo Sale. Okay. And that's a very just a very fresh curd which Lovely. is salted and is only two or three days old. Mm. So there's there's very little. Um, development in, in flavor so it's quite milky but it's, it's starting to develop some yeah. acidity tones and things like that it is beautiful well thank you for coming in to us Vincenzo best welcome. of luck with everything uh, you're you doing in Inchigila and I'm sure over time that particular type of cheese will grow as well because of those intolerances thanks for joining us thank this you. morning we're going to stick with cheese because the well-known Coulet farmhouse cheese uh, Helen and Dick Williams are with us this morning you're very welcome both of you here to our studio in McCroom thank you thank very you. much for joining us now thank you're you. local enough here to the area from Coulet Dick I'll start with you first how did Coulet farmhouse cheese all start and get so popular well, that, uh, that's a long time ago. Now we are established 41 years. Wow, 41. And um, we came to Ireland um, to keep some sheep. And somebody from the uh, Department of Agriculture told us we should change over into cows because you have a faster rendement from cows than from sheep. So we bought a few cows and started milking by hand. And um, the time that we came to Ireland 41 years ago, there was hardly any other cheese than cheddar and processed cheese. So uh, we were looking around, we couldn't find anything. So we decided 
coming from Holland that uh, make our own cheese. We have the milk and Helen bought a small little unit uh, in Holland and she brought it over and she started making cheese. And we gave it to friends and to people around us and they all liked it, so that was the start. And from there on it went uh, bigger and bigger and better and better. So that's the story 41 years ago. And Helen, for yourself, you both work together. What is it like for both of you working together as a husband and wife team and <laughs> producing cheese? Well, actually, today we are 52 years married. Oh, today, oh, congratulations. Yes. Oh, well um, done. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it wasn't always rosy in the garden. <laughs> but having said that, we have always worked together. When we were in Holland, we were in the catering business, like here. Mm. So, you know, we were either behind the bar or in the kitchen or whatever. And then when we came to Ireland, we started the farm and the cheese. And what so brought you to Ireland, first of all, like Vincent? So why the move here and the move to Coulet? Yeah, we, um, we, were, we wanted to go to France, really. But <laughs> Big change. <laughs> yeah, in, in France, we had a farm and we wanted to buy it. But there was a kind of a land commission in France. Oh. And they didn't want to give it to us because they thought we wanted to speculate with the land. Whereas okay. we wanted to be genuine farmers. <laughs> And so then we went back to Holland. We got another business for a while. And then Dick went over with a friend to Ireland on a holiday. And he came back and he said, oh, you should see that country. And I said, okay, 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 but I'll go in wintertime. You know, because oh. I had heard about all the rain <laughs> and whatever, yeah. and I'm a sun person. Yeah. So anyway, um, we did go together. And I loved it from day one. And then the next year, straight away, we went over, bought a farm in Sneem, or put a deposit on it. But what happened? The land commission stepped in. Oh, you were <laughs> so caught with that. So we didn't get that, but I said, I'm not going back now. I'm staying here. So then, finally, we found Coulet. And you're happy in Coulet since Very happy. for, for over 40 years. Very happy to be in, yeah, beautiful in the Geltacht. Tell us about your cheese now here, Dick. I, I have a, a sample here, and Mairead will, will, will pick up a sample there now as well. And, and, and this one I'm holding here, um, I, I suppose between the Vincentos now I've tasted, maybe this will affect my taste, I'm not too sure. But just tell us first of all uh, about this particular brand you have, because y you are stocking it in shops and you're doing quite well. Yes, <coughs> most of the cheese we are producing is going abroad. Um, we are exporting to England. Uh, well, Brexit is in our mind as well at the moment, but I hope that uh, things will, will be okay there. And from London out, it will be exported all over the world. You will find Kool-Aid cheese in the US, mm. Australia, uh, Saudi Arabia, everywhere. Uh, up, yeah. <laughs> but um, this cheese is made in October last year. This is young, matured. We are specializing in maturing up to two years, and that is where the cheese is getting a sweet, caramel-like aftertaste. And that is the cheese who won five times Supreme Championship and six times awarded Best Irish Cheese. I can taste the actual caramel um, and the beautiful Amazing. taste. And it's really, it's, it's, it's strange to get it in cheese, but it's a beautiful taste. It is coming through. It'll take another six months, really, for it to really be sweet, yeah. you know? No, it is, and it's nice and soft as well. Like it, it isn't soft as any you, you eat and it's gone in two seconds, but it's nice and soft that you can chew in it. Do you find that, Marit? Oh, my God, it's beautiful. Isn't it? And that, as soon as you mentioned caramel, I was like, I can definitely taste it. You'd eat that instead of a bar of chocolate any yeah. day. Yeah, and it's healthier. <laughs> well, we'll say that. <laughs> and more well, and more wine. Cheese, how bad? Wine well, we have Gordon here from, from I like Nine White Tea. <laughs> <laughs> There was a journalist and he was describing the cheese and he said it was sweet, 
caramel and sexy. And I thought he was talking about me, you know. <laughs> 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 I was very disappointed after when he said it is the cheese, you know. <laughs> Okay, take well. I could touch on Brexit. We're running over time, but I, I hopefully Brexit won't uh, impact on you too much. And thanks to uh, Helen and Dick Williams from Coolay Farmhouse Cheese, which is in the shops as well, and indeed you'll find that in other locations across Europe. Thank you for joining us today, guys. We're going to a, a quick commercial break, and we're back, and we're going to hear from more of our food producers here in McCroom from locally produced honey and locally produced cakes. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103. Live from the Castle Hotel in McCroom for the McCroom Food Festival, where we are currently tasting some of the local food produce here from McCroom and the Lee Valley area. And we've been sampling cheese. We now are going to sample some honey because Dennis Galvin produces local honey here in the region. And Dennis joins me this morning here in the Castle Hotel in McCroom. Good morning to you, Dennis. Good morning to you. Thank you for now, having me. I was speaking to you yesterday, and you were saying it's a good time because yeah. I just have a fresh batch of honey. Yeah. Uh, how are things with the wildlife and bees? There's a lot of talk at the moment regarding the bee community and the bee population in Ireland and across the world? Yeah, well, in Ireland, there's a big decrease in bee population because of the habitat is changing, spraying and indiscriminate uh, we, uh, spraying in the countryside and reduction in habitat. But um, as a hobby, more and more people are getting interested in joining it. And for yourself, when you're producing the honey, I mean, your own bees, that's your own hive, I presume you, have, hive, you yeah. have that in your own area. And where are you based there locally? Uh, and just beside the cemetery in Macron. Okay, so you're, you're, you're in, in the town itself. Yeah. Uh, how do you operate in maintaining the bees and the hives? Is, it, is there a lot of work in that to keep the area clean uh, and to make sure everything stays the way it should stay? Well, first of all, see, I look upon it as a hobby. Okay. And I have two friends. Between the three of us, we have five hives. So this time next year, we'll probably have about 15 hives. But it would take about maybe an hour two hours a week uh, to manage an apiary provided you have the, the right equipment and you, you need a routine and a methodology to successfully um, have the honey. And it's seasonal, so it isn't all year round with the bees, but still the honey is produced. Uh, and how, how does that work? How do you get a fresh stock? Uh, what's the length of time? Is it every few weeks? Well, this honey, this is um, honey that was produced from ivy yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. What do you mean from ivy, that the bees were... Oh, yeah, they're working the ivy now. The yeah, ivy. yeah, okay. yeah. So from now on, the bees will reduce in number, the queen will stop laying, and um, they will form a cluster and on the bottom, on, in the brood box, and then for the rest of the winter then, the numbers will reduce, and the queen will stop laying, and they'll, the, in the cluster, they maintain the, the temperature of the hive so that they can survive for the winter. And honey itself, you mentioned, I'm just looking at the two various types of honey, yeah. the ivy and, and I presume the one that that's coming from. That, the that, ca- that came in July from the same July. hive. From oh, the same hive. From the same hive. Okay, yeah. excellent. Yeah. Um, one is very, your typical colour of, right, of gold. Yeah. The yeah. ivy one is more Quite lighter colour. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's obviously the different way it was produced. Honey, for me anyway, the reason I would have honey, and I, I do use it quite a lot, is for the voice, because if you, if you, if you talk a lot, the yeah, voice will yeah. go, and it is good for the voice, and it is, is that yeah. a mission or not, yeah. but it is yeah. good for the voice. I'm going to taste this here at the moment. Um, what is it with the connection of honey and voice? Is that just a myth, or do you think it does work? Well, honey has many medicinal properties, and it's been used for generations by the Egyptians and the Greeks and the Romans, and valued by a lot of civilizations in terms of consumption and keeping, improving um, protection from diseases and the like. And so I'm just at the tasting the honey that was yeah. produced in July. Yeah. Beautiful taste of that. Beautiful aftertaste. Yeah. 
And how long, did, like, when that was produced, how much honey would you have got out of that particular honey? Uh, yesterday, in one super, a super contains 10 of those, 11 of those frames. Uh, I got about 25 pounds weight of honey. Wow, in, yeah. in, in those, and the yeah. frames you talk about, if anybody's watched shows to do with bees or hives, it's similar to those type frames where the bees kind of come out of, of there and they... That's right, yeah. Do you get stung a lot, yeah. by the way, when you're at the bees? Pardon? Do they sting you a lot? Uh, no, I keep well covered. <laughs> but so, some people t- don't take precautions and they suffer the consequences, yeah. So you go out in the big white suit? Yeah. yeah. The second um, honey here, I'm tasting the ivy one. That that's yesterday's is one now, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit thicker, isn't it, it is, than, yeah, yeah. The, the, than the normal yeah, honey? But it's yeah. a, di- a different kind of a taste, not the usual honey taste. No. Like a medicine taste, but that's probably the wrong word to use, but that the kind of a flavour, but still beautiful. Don't be turned yeah, off by that. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a beautiful taste, yeah. Mm-hmm. And h- how long then will, will, will this last for uh, compared w- to the other honey? You keep it in an airtight container, it will last for 20, 30 years. And Maria, are you a, a, a honey lover? Sure, I'd have a small bit in my porridge the odd time. Just taste, because if you if taste. you have honey, you, you'll be you'll be familiar with the normal type honey. Just taste the the, the lighter colour one there, the one that has come from the ivy. Just to make, uh, what, what do you think of that particular honey? Because it is kind of thicker, isn't it? I've the taste of cheese in my mouth still. I'll have another tiny <laughs> bit of different finger. It's just it, it's much. a totally different taste of honey I've never had before, but it's beautiful. It is beautiful, but it's just oh, it's different. It's lovely, isn't it's it? Very nice. A very different taste, though. You wouldn't expect that from honey. No, you wouldn't expect it from honey. And to look at it as well, you like the last thing I'd have thought in that jar that that was honey. Yeah. You can tell by this colour because that's the one that you, you know, when you go past the shelf in the shop, that's the one you see. Well, the colour is determined by the, the type of flora and fauna that the bees are working on, you know, from time to time. Heather is even a deeper brown. This time oh. of the year you have ling heather and bell heather, especially in Scotland and south of Ireland. And the, the honey that comes from the heathers is very rich and very brown and a stronger taste and aroma. Okay, well, Dennis, best of luck. Uh, your products, do you sell them locally then? No, no, we don't, no, you don't sell them at all. You just, it's a hobby and you yeah, produce it. Well, it, well yeah. done. It's a fantastic yeah, hobby yeah, to have. Yeah. Fantastic honey to have for yourselves as well. Uh, best of luck, Dennis, and best of luck with the food festival here in McCroom. Dennis Galvin produces local honey here in the McCroom area. There's a massive cake next to Dennis, a beautiful cake. We must go to News of Midday. We're going to speak to Ellen O'Leary from Elegant Cakes after News of Midday. She has bought some fabulous desserts here for us and we'll also be f- drink tasting here as well from beer produced in Ballyvorney. That and more to come though, live from McCroom. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today. With JP McNamara on C103. Cork today on C103, live from the Castle Hotel for the McCroom Food Festival. And that indeed is where we are this morning or this afternoon at this stage for the McCroom Food Festival, which started last night and runs right through until Sunday here in McCroom. So much an offer. And as it is a food festival, we will continue to sample some of the local food produce here in the McCroom area. Ellen O'Leary joins me. She is from Elegant Cake Makers. And just before news, I was commenting on the beautiful cake that she has bought. By the way, all, everything we're speaking about will be on the C103 Facebook and Instagram pages. But uh, for, for those who will be looking at those and maybe those who haven't Ellen you just this particular cake it's huge I mean I'm not sure what it's for is it for a wedding or is it a wedding cake it's beautiful Uh, just first of all tell us how about your business came about and how you get into the art of cake making because that is an art sure well um, years ago I went to Ballymaloo and I trained as a chef so I can do it all but pastry and cakes are my passion 
I love making cakes and I love seeing people's faces when they pick them up. You know, it's just even when I walked in with that, even out in the street and I was bringing it in, yeah. people were stopping me to have a look at it. So I do get a kick out of that. It is very satisfying to know that something you make can bring so much happiness to somebody. Very true. And do you produce cakes on a daily basis then from your base? Um, uh, weekends. It's weekends. always nearly always weekends now. So I'm, I have a, a, after running a number 57 for so many years, mm. every, a lot of people in the town will know my cakes. Um, I think I have a, a lovely work-life balance now where I can I work doing my cakes for the weekends and then I still have time off in the life. <laughs> yeah, the you, time. Can, you can, you can ming yes. mingle the, the both yes. together. And the, the particular cakes you produce, if people want uh, to, to produce a particular cake or want something for a, a particular birthday or indeed, as, you, as we have here, for a wedding, mm. I mean, how do they contact you? How, how do you produce Usually the through, cakes? Usually um, through, well, Facebook or Instagram, people mm. get me. Um, and then, especially for weddings now, I mean, I have a huge selection of flavours. And then I, I like to sit down with the bride and um, sometimes the groom too um, and go through what kind of ideas they like and we go through it and I'll draw something up and I never really like to make the same cake twice um, because I just feel if I've gone to all this trouble it could take me up to a week to make all the decorations for a wedding cake I don't want somebody else to have the that as well and do you know what I mean it should be just for that person um, so I'm very lucky I, I it's fascinating like I get to do the wedding cake and then I could be doing a baby shower cake and next day I'm doing their christening cake and I've been, you know, I'm doing cakes so long now that I'm doing their communion cakes and birthday cakes all the ways up. So it's, it's kind of like I'm a little part of the family in that I'm, I'm yeah. following them all along. I see the trends the children are going through each year and, you know, Paw Patrol and up into Harry <laughs> Potter and all the different things. And it's, it's just lovely. It's, it's That's nice. That's nice going yeah. through the various generations as well. And how long would it take to make a cake, for example, if it is a, a big operation like a wedding cake? Uh, how long or what length of time can that be for you to It produce? can take... Um, ages obviously the cake part is the last part of it mm. that i make because that's the freshest but like for example my brother-in-law got married a couple of weeks ago and we did um i gave him a cake as a, a surprise so it was huge but it took me two and a half weeks of making all the pieces because i had to use um, isomalt sugar and i had to make the figures and so you could be two weeks making all the pieces and then putting it all together at the very last minute that's a long time, but it d does pay off when you see yeah. what type of cakes you produce. Have you ever been asked for a very strange cake designer? What is the strangest thing you've ever been asked to produce? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I have been asked for very unusual ones. Uh, one or two I couldn't probably say oh, on we'll air. Yeah, <laughs> we'll keep it clean so we'll now keep it clean at, uh, at 40 time, minutes yeah. past midday. Yeah, we won't go too mad, but uh, um, on, yeah. the, so I've done on the level. With couples snorkeling, um, I have... I did a Harry Potter castle with all the little figures and that was an amazing one to do all right because the figures are so well known that if you get it wrong it's just going <laughs> to yeah. look you know so my nerves are in tatters for the end of that one um thankfully I think that little girl is moving on to something else this year so <laughs> um yeah so I suppose those can it, it can be anything people have amazing imaginations but you do deliver that's the main thing. You, yes, you will I, try I, it. I do try yeah. my very best to get yes. there. Okay. Yeah, I do want it to be right. You have brought some samples in today, Mairead. Uh, you, Mairead, two weeks still with us from the newsroom, by the way. Mairead, you, you, you like your cakes? Absolutely. I, <laughs> I actually can't decide which one I want to There's try. There's an array here in front of me. And again, the pictures, because we're on radio, the pictures will be up on the C103 Facebook and Instagram pages. But this particular array of cakes you've bought here on plates, uh, just tell us about this. It looks like what could be an apple tart or, or, or some type of tart. Anyhow, is, is that chocolate in there as There's well? Chocolate brownie, then there's Tunisian orange cake, I have pistachio meringues, chocolate biscuit cake, um, little vanilla cupcakes, and then a white chocolate and raspberry cake. And are these cakes that you would produce nearly yes. all the time? Yeah. The white chocolate and raspberry um, would be one of my more popular ones. The biscuit cake would definitely be a really popular one. Um, and then I do a lovely chocolate and Bailey's one as well, but um, 
I kind of ran out of time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I let the lad start. That's cu- yep. cutting in there. And and do you sell these then locally here? No, I only you make cakes make to order now. Just yes. to order. But so if people it, want a particular cake, yes, they can. It yeah. can and it, it doesn't can be have to be a birthday cake as such. You know, if you're having like for Christmas, I would do a lot of the Tunisian orange cakes. It's very oh popular yeah. for that. It's a lovely moist cake. Tunisian orange. Tell tell me about that particular cake. Uh, I haven't That's come across w- that before. It's to one be of my, my Ballymaloo recipes. Actually, it? It, there's lots of almonds in it. It's um. A very rich cake, but it's also moist, so it stays fresh for ages. It's um, it, it's one of my. I'm gonna taste it here now. Yeah. Maureen has taste, or she's <laughs> eating it at the moment. You can hear me eating the biscuit cake. It's beautiful. That's one of my favourite cakes. Would you make that as a wedding cake? Yes. I'm yeah. not getting married or anything, but <laughs> I'm just wondering. But she's looking so macroom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's the chocolate biscuit nice. cake has taken over, I think, for me anyway, from the fruitcake. Nobody gets fruitcake anymore, they no, get the chocolate biscuit cake. Mm. Do they? It's a real, there is a real kick of that orange of the particular cake as yeah. well. But not too strong at the same time. No, it's a lovely light mm. dessert, I think, yeah. really. You know, it's, um, especially if you have had a big dinner or whatever, it is a nice... That's the key and a thing, li- yeah. If I had a little bit of fresh cream now, but I didn't bring any with me, it is... No, we're okay. Part. We don't need cream now on top of everything <laughs> else we've eaten today. Uh, the, the brownie, now I'm going to chance here. Just just tell us about this. There's so many, much talk about the way brownie cakes are produced these days yes. with the whole gluten-free. Do you do gluten-free? Do you do I don't. That? You no, don't. no, no, that's a whole other A whole other thing. industry, totally. Yeah, uh, well, Maria's going to go into the meringue there. I'm going to taste the, the brownie. Just tell us about these because they are very popular cakes. They and are. They, they, they are, are in most restaurants. For anything chocolatey that I use I or that I make, I use um, Belgian chocolate. So I use the Calaboo chocolate, which is a really good quality chocolate. And I think, especially in the biscuit cake, you can really taste, you know, the quality of it. Are you okay? Beautiful. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. eat it while you're talking. Oh, <laughs> you just hear it through. <laughs> the, the brownie's beautiful. And it's okay. nice and moist. Some of them can be hard, but that's nice yeah. and moist. Yeah, it is nice. No, a little uh, bit of chocolate ganache on top of that would just set it off. It just sets yeah. it off totally. And Marie, oh, the meringue, just explain again what type of meringue that is there. That's a pistachio. Pistachio one. meringue. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's beautiful. Sorry, I was saying all you can hear is me crunching <laughs> through the mics. <laughs> but it's beautiful, really nice and oh, amazing. I, I'll finish the plate, no problem, <laughs> any day. And the just explain the the, the white. It looks like it's not white chocolate, but the, the white. There is white chocolate. Is on that it? white chocolate? Yeah, and there's white chocolate through the middle as oh, well. Oh, excellent! As well, well. as a um, buttercream as well. Then. And the name of this particular cake again? Just white chocolate. Just and white chocolate cake. Yep. Is that what it is? Uh, must be a, a good seller because white chocolate is something that's coming back in. A lot of the big chocolate companies are producing the big yep. bars like the dairy milks. They're going here's the, the normal version, here's yep. the dark People version, here's the white one. version. Again, it, this is a really popular one um, with a wedding cake because they're a good combination together. Yeah. The mm chocolate biscuit first and then that next and it's a lovely you know it's a kind of a light refreshing um taste. and it looks well for a wedding as well it the does white. there's a bit of color like, yeah and it fits in with the raspberry yeah. and indeed the white chocolate uh, Maraid is also trying are you trying the you know you're trying um what oh. are you trying cupcake <laughs> it's cupcake <laughs> Cupcakes, can't go yes. wrong with a cupcake <laughs> right oh my god beautiful What's in that cupcake? What, what taste? It's what just a, a simple vanilla cupcake. I mean, they're, they're hard to go around. And again, really if people nice. want to order, if they're thinking of having an afternoon tea or whatever, uh, how do they get in contact with you? Through my Facebook page, um, Elegant Cake Makers, or on Instagram, and send me a message. Um, and I, I'll, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And the festival here at the weekend, it's great to promote the food oh, produced fantastic. in the area. Yeah. And obviously it highlights businesses like yourself who yeah. are operating in the area. And it shows that McCroom is on the map when it comes to food Absolutely. producing. Absolutely. And I'm, tomorrow I'm going to be down um, with Katrina in Enchanted Flowers. So um, I'm going to have my cakes there. So I can't wait to see some of my old customers and old friends from town. Um, because I think like Katrina's great. She does a lot of wedding flowers. Yeah. I do the wedding cakes. It's, and oh. I think women in business should you know, help work each other together. out and work together. Yeah, so and you can nearly tie in the colours between the... We do. The, yeah, I mean, do. if she's doing the bouquets and things, I'll always get the flowers from her then because obviously they're going to match exactly and um, 
it'll be perfect excellent well well done uh, with Thank your business you. well done on the cakes they're, they're fabulous but they will be uh, fully tasted I'm sure once, once, we, <laughs> once we finish the show at one for the moment Ellen O'Leary of Elegant Cake Makers. Thank you for joining us. Thank and you, you can check much, her out Shifty. on Facebook and indeed on Instagram. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon at our McCroom studio. Now, with all the food we've eaten this afternoon and this morning, we have to wash it down. And no better man to wash things down than the man from Ballyvourney. And this is Gordon Lucy of Nine White Deer. He joins me uh, this afternoon. Gordon, as you're pouring away there, uh, good afternoon to you and thanks for joining us. Hi, Jimmy. Delighted to be here. Uh, now, we've spoken to you when you were starting out the company. Things have changed so much when the introduction of craft beers came around in Ireland to your company going in and, and deciding to go the gluten-free route, which I think you were one of the first in the country to do that. Uh, how are things going now for you, gluten-free, very big at the moment when it comes to beers? Because there's not a lot of opportunity out there for people to get into that particular making, but also not a lot of gluten-free beers on the market. Yeah, fantastic. We saw a big gap in the market. So back in 2015, we had a look at it and decided to do our first gluten-free beer and figure out how to do it. Um, got it analysed and tested over about a six-month period and we found out we cracked it. So we brought that to market and it went down exceptionally well. And the big trick is just making beer that just tastes like beer that happens to be gluten-free. So we say we make great beer that just happens to be gluten-free. Um, this year, early this year in February, we turned the whole brewery over to gluten-free mm. um, just to put our mark in the sand, and this is us. Every single beer you're producing now is gluten-free? Everything we do. And we have picked up awards at the Free From Food Awards, which are our peers for, um, for the gluten-free and free from industry for bringing it out on draft so even um jack and don in the hotel here i see it there actually behind you in the, in the bar yeah yeah and, and it means that if you have an intolerance of gluten you could just go for a pint with your buddies and you're just drinking the same as everyone else and it's not a, a big special issue they're standard beers same percentage strength as everything else and just taste great and happen to be made locally because when it comes to that I know a lot of my own friends are gluten free and, and they do have a problem if we go in a night out even with the likes of vodka which you wouldn't have thought of they can have they have to ask the barman I can't have this vodka or that vodka it has to be a specific brand of vodka because if it isn't it can cause chaos for them and a health situation uh, do you find that because of the pricing is similar and the fact that now it is available will this grow you think your particular brand across the country more absolutely yeah because it's you have to look at it that we take it so seriously that we analyze um, everything we do. We send it for independent analysis because you're playing with someone's health and you could make someone quite sick if, you're, if you don't do your job correctly. Mm. Um, and so we, we're the only ones who do it to that extent. And we kind of have a name for it now. If the gluten-free brewers, looking up gluten-free brewers, we are, it is us. And are you the only gluten-free brewers in Ireland? We're not. There's two other. Sorry, there's three others, but they they do one beer. They're kind of dipping their toe in the water. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but overall, f- as a fully operational unit, are, yeah. are you the? Are you the only yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no confusion. Anything by Nine White Deer is gluten free. Well, that's great because at least you know the brand, and once you know the brand and you see Nine White Deer, you know then it's gluten free. And if it's an intolerance that a lot of people, uh, unfortunately, have, some people then choose to go gluten free. So at least when you see the brands, you know you can trust it. Now you have brought some. It's safe, exactly. You brought some samples, and you had gave us some samples as well. In fairness to you, yesterday evening, some of our staff members back at base sampled those. The stout one 
which uh, for one of our staff members uh, took home and was delighted because it's gone off stout because it's heavy and we all know stout is heavy but yours is a bit lighter uh, how do you do that because he just found it fantastic to think that you can go back drinking stout but it's not as heavy as it as it is with the, the normal stouts we're used to without mentioning brands yeah. out here like i suppose we looked at uh, how the world is changing and how, the, how our tastes and um, flavors are changing and you'd see light beers are becoming more and more popular and that's what people want so we developed our beers to sit in that range and the stout so our stout is quite light it's 4.2 percent alcohol so it's it's normal it's not high strength and some of the mistakes others make is that they load too much flavors and too much taste when sometimes people all they want is a beer yeah to for the sake of having a good beer and not to think too much about it so with the particular beers that you brought in this morning, this one I have, you've given me, it's a kind of a light colour beer. Yeah. I know you've won a lot of awards over the years uh, for your particular beers. What's this here? I know Marais so um, this is, uh, is sampling and is, I don't have to ask her if she's a fan of beer. You'll you figure that she is. Um, <laughs> what's this called? Which so this brand is our this? Kolsch style lager. And a Kolsch is a, a German type of beer, a German type of lager, mm. um, particularly light. It's clean and crisp and just ends. It doesn't keep going on and on yeah. in flavour. And it's by far our biggest selling bottle beer. Um, and, and Easy to drink. That's it. Yeah. It's just, just a simple beer, just a well-made, simple beer that is inoffensive, probably one of the hardest to make because the, the lighter the beer, there's, there's nowhere for any flaw to hide. Everything is out there and you will taste everything in the I beer so, yeah so you have to be very particular on how you produce this yeah mm. yeah and we use so we use a, a german uh, liquid yeast first that we harvest from one brew to the next we use german malt and irish malt inside from the malting company of ireland which is from the farmers all around us so we're, we're big on supporting our own that's as well. great so everything you do bring into the unit over it's all locally here from yeah. the lee valley area yeah oh, that's yeah. fantastic Another that's great and the others you have brought in, so that, that, by the way, is available. It's a blue um, packaging on, on that, and it's called, what's the actual name of that? So Stagsar Kolch. Stagsar Kolch, okay. And that actually is, as you said, not a big aftertaste on that, but it's good and easy to drink. Yeah. And that might be for, uh, for, for various people who like that type of taste in beer. Now, this so is this another is one you're giving me. It's another lager, <coughs> and it, it just happens to be another German-style lager, um, Germany being our European, be the, the home of, of quality lagers. Mm. So this is more a Pilsner, so there's a bit okay. more body to it. Um, there's more depth of flavour, a, a oh more yeah. robust beer. This is like something when you go abroad to the Eastern European countries, like Prague or one of those areas, yeah. you, you, you get that kind of taste of beer, yeah? yeah Stronger. Yeah. Stronger, yeah. It's Tougher to drink. 5%, so oh, you'll probably take less of them. Um, but it's <laughs> well, you should <laughs> take less yeah, of them. You're meant to. Um, They're very tasty, very easy to drink. The, the first one w was easy to drink, Marie, wasn't it? The first one was mm -hmm. really <coughs> nice. And it's a kind of a taste that's not too unfamiliar, so it's not like a shock. Uh -huh. It's it's tasty. The second one, you can taste that it's that bit stronger, but it's still really nice. And if you were to choose one of them, which one would you have a preference over? I'd probably go for the first one, I think. Um, the lighter? The lighter one, lighter yeah. Taste, and it, yeah. I suppose the first one maybe... Have I don't know if you could have it with your dinner. Well, you could, but you could, it's you know because it's light that way. The second one, it, they're do you know what they're they're both really nice. 
And the second one there is, uh, I see the bottle, kind of a musty colour on the bottle. Oh, is it ole. Ole, I was thinking ole. that. Ole. Yeah, so, so kind of a play on words, drink it in <laughs> Irish, obviously. Brilliant. Um, ole, ole. Kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so Excellent. that was, um, all our packaging, everything was, was all in English. And us being from the Grail, we said, well, we should start doing something in Irish. So That's what I was going to ask you. you. It was initially uh, in the barrel, and now it's Osgwelga. And when you've done that because of where you're based, does that bring make it more local for you then, the fact that you are in the Gael Talk area, and this brand is going nationwide. Do you do you go elsewhere outside of Ireland as well as yet? Not yet, but we are looking to. Yeah. Um, so we're we're on board with an export scheme at the moment and looking for opportunities throughout Europe. Um, some of the branding and names will have to change because people just won't get it. Yeah, I guess you. Yeah, yeah they, they won't understand what it is. You need to market that differently. So you will have to change some of the brands if you do go abroad, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. the languages in them. And the final one now you're giving us here today. So uh, an IPA. So this oh. is probably the most popular style of craft beer out there and craft beer um, unfortunately some people have an assumption or make an assumption that it's it's all strong um, some of that assumption probably comes from a beer like this so um, although it's it's still five percent yeah there's a lot of hops and it gives a lot of flavor the bitterness mm. level is up there you can get the hops and very, very aromatic strong. Yeah. yeah, very strong hops. It is like the IPAs that we're used to, uh, yeah. but that is what you expect when you get one of those. Marita, would you be a fan of craft beers and the IPA beers? Absolutely. That was, you can really notice, obviously, the difference there. And, but there's a really nice taste. You said aromatic, and it is. It leaves a really yeah. nice aftertaste. There, there is so an aftertaste. Compared is. to the, no, there is in, in the second one, but compared to the other two, there's more of an aftertaste of this. But is that probably the hops and, and what's involved in it the is. ingredients? Absolutely. And, and it's expected of the style. Like, you need mm. to brew, you, you need to make within the style. So if someone is buying an IPA, they have an idea in their head what it should taste like and you need to you need to deliver that to them um, very briefly before we let you go non-alcoholic beer is growing and many bars now are stocking it is that something you could delve into because of Absolutely. changes in rural areas in particular which with various drink driving laws more are thinking of going down the route they just want to go to mingle they want a beer but they'll have a non-alcoholic beer uh, would you go down that route absolutely yeah, yeah. we're we're currently looking at it um it's a good segment and in, in fairness to the the big players that have seen that um gap appearing and are filling it and educating people like we've had non-alcoholic beers in Ireland for a long time but they were always fringe um, kind of beers but now it's it's becoming mainstream acceptable and all our drinking habits are changing probably for the healthier so we're moving away from volume and moving to quality and less of it which is a better way to is it tougher to produce non-alcoholic beer is it the same Oh, it's way tougher. Is it, yeah. You have to make a normal beer. Well, there's a few methods of doing it, but the most popular is you make a normal beer and then you remove the alcohol. So it's a bit more oh, expensive to make. Okay, yeah. um, is that why, I know a lot of people say it's too expensive as in the, the price of non-alcoholic beer is more or less the same as, as normal alcoholic beer. Yeah, is yeah. that why the price? Because of the, the tough, yeah, the tough so experience you have? You have an additional step onto it. Yeah. Um, and when you distill something, when you take out, uh, you're obviously taking out the alcohol, but you're also taking out flavour which you need to try and capture from the, the vapours coming off and put back into the beer. Oh. So technically, it's quite difficult. Yeah, it sounds it anyhow <laughs> from where you're describing it there. Well, uh, thank you for the, all the samples that you have given us here this morning and best of luck to Nine White Deer. I'm sure we'll be joining and speaking to you again over the course of the year uh, from the gluten-free perspective and also from the non-alcoholic beer. Uh, great to see the Oscuelga on the actual bottles as well. And thanks for joining us, Gordon. Uh, that in. is Gordon Lucy there of Nine White Deer in Ballyvorney. And of course, they're stocked in the majority of shops in the area. We're 
We're going to have live music shortly. Clodagh O'Sullivan is going to join us and also one of the buskers this year, Bo Collins. Uh, that's on the way. Plus, we're going to hear from one of the local businesses here in McCroom and why they have set up in the area. First, though, we're going to check in on what's happening today with our Cork Diary. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Cork Volunteer Centre. They will have a pop-up centre in Mallow Library. That's on today. If you are interested in volunteering, drop into the library in Mallow and chat with one of their placement officers. Culture Night takes place across the county tonight. A lot of events in local county towns. It's proudly sponsored by C103. And the Big Beach Cleanup is taking place and it's taking place in Garyvaux Beach. And they're starting there at the moment. But if you want to get involved, head along to Garyvaux Beach this afternoon for the Big Beach Cleanup. It's to mark the end of the bathing season and Tim League Bingo that's on every Friday night at 8.45 and this week's jackpot is 2,020 euros. Cork today on C103 live from the Castle Hotel for the McCroom Food Festival. And we are here at the Castle Hotel in McCroom until one with our Cork Today show. We've had a great morning so far. Everybody enjoying themselves hopefully here. Our thanks to Marais from the newsroom for food and drink tasting with us this morning. And we have sampled some of the food and drink producers who are taking part in the festival from the McCroom and Lee Valley areas. Now, we did mention that there's music this year for the festival and we're going to hear from one of the local musicians from McCroom. Cloda O'Sullivan joins me. Cloda, good afternoon to you. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for joining us. First of all, your background is a vocal coach and a backing singer how did you yourself then to decide to go into the spotlight and sing yourself um i guess it was always the plan my first band we did all harmony so i'd always be mm. kind of in the background but started eventually growing up and just got the confidence to to go for it and, yeah. and where did the love of music come from for yourself um it's always kind of been there we started doing a youth theater group here in mccroom and we started doing the food festival then over the years and yeah, just fell in love with it. Came from there. And I know initially, I think you were born in the States and yeah. your family came over to Ireland. So w- with all the influences from America and Ireland, big music countries, what artists would influence you most when you are writing a song or thinking about writing a song? Um, I think people like Wyvern Lingo and uh, Lisa Hannigan um, and then Tom O'Dell, that kind of style of music. That style yeah. of music. Yeah. And when you are writing a song, is it tough? I mean, how do you come up with the lyrics? How do you come up with the style of the song? Um just by listening to other music and seeing yeah. kind of what happens sometimes you get nothing sometimes something happens and it's great when it does so now you were telling me about uh, taking the, the plunge and, and going alone singing you have now your own single out mm-hmm. you have an EP coming out in October just tell us about this um, so it's a five track EP and this is the third song from that EP um, yeah I just decided to go for it just put mm-hmm. out my songs there and uh, I hope everyone likes it yeah and is it available to buy and, and obviously download as well yeah um, it's available on Spotify and you can get it on my website as well clodosmusic.com well you're going to sing a song from that particular upcoming EP which particular song are you going to sing for us today um, this is Roots and it came out today so yeah this is the one released today yeah. very good yeah. and that's available today as well I presume on Spotify yeah excellent well done uh, Cloda and thank you for joining us this afternoon so now we're going to hear her latest and song released today this is Cloda O'Sullivan from McCroom Through the midnight moon Lay in the sun Until the day is through I'm done but I will See you soon Adrenaline It rushes through my skin I'm unsure what is happening It's happening again 
And brother, where'd you go when I need you the most? Father, where you been? Said I'm coming home. And take me to your roots. Tell me that you choose me. Show me, buddy, your truths, and lives will only lose me. Mm -hmm. Smile now, it's all we got. Bridges burned, we burned the light. Whoa, 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 we did. Undermined and overgrown, side by side we stand alone. Whoa, when we do. Brother, where'd you go when I need you the most? Father, where you been? Said I'm coming home. Take me to your roots. Tell me that you chose me. And show me, buddy, your truths, and lives will only lose me. Mm -hmm. Something's missing. There is such a distance. There is such a difference to me. Your chair lies empty, wondering why for you left me. Something should just be left be. And take me to your roots. Tell me that you choose me. Show me, buddy, your truths, and lives will only lose me. Brother, where'd you go? Father, where you? Said I'm coming home, I'm coming home again. Well done, Claude. I was watching around the room there and everybody was being silent and watching you sing. You have a fantastic voice. You mentioned Lisa Hannigan and some of your influences there. You can hear that in your performance and in your voice. Oh, thanks very much. So <laughs> the song is out today, Roots, and you can download it on Spotify. Claude, best of luck to you and well done and best of luck this thanks weekend with the much. festival. Uh, Claude O'Sullivan there from McCroom, local musician. Her song, she sang Roots, is out today. You can download that now on Spotify. Let's move on. We'll have more live music shortly, by the way, from the busking side of things here part of the McCroom Food Festival. Bo Collins will be joining us shortly. But before we hear from Bo, we're going to look at how businesses are locating here in McCroom. One of those, a new business, the front porch. Marzina Wachowski is joining me uh, from that particular business. Marzina, good afternoon to you and thanks yeah. for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Now, I did pass your beautiful store driving in this morning to the town. It used to be the corner shop before. Now it's the front door. Beautiful premises. You've been really well done. I suppose the first thing a lot of people are asking when it comes to areas like McCroom why have you decided to set up business and locate here? 
so basically I live in Macroom for last 12 years and uh, this is where I am based and uh, you know it's my place my kids are here in school so I think it's small nice town uh, to have business like this uh, and your business, uh, it entails so much. One of the items that you do is upcycling furniture. Now, a lot of people today, if something is broken, they just get rid of it. If there's, there's a stool here next to me, if that was ripped, people would just go out and buy a new stool. Upcycling was a kind of a thing of the past. You are bringing that back because people are looking at going back down that particular route again. Yeah, basically, it's uh, getting more and more popular and uh, people don't want to throw away anymore. Like, they want to keep the stuff they have at home. The only thing the most likely they don't match, you know, and they're like different pieces in different styles, different colors. So um, what I'm doing, I'm, I'm trying to give them ideas. It's more like concept shop, um, basically where you can get your, you know, uh, furniture restyle and uh, get basically give a new life to the pieces of furniture, yeah. I saw some of the pictures on your website and Facebook page and you have old kitchen dressers and cupboards that were in disrepair that were basically in need of a paint and were falling apart. And then we saw the transformation. I mean, th there was something that was totally changed. They looked different, even though it was the same dresser. It was like someone went down and purchased a new one. It just shows what you can do. Yeah, basically, you know, you can create any style you want. Mm. It doesn't have to be like people think, you know, if you paint the furniture, it has to be distress or like uh, in touch uh, shabby chic uh, but no you can basically create any look you want and it can be like modern uh, look and uh, and right now most of the furniture in the shops new furniture it's also painted and there is like a um, trend in different colors mm. and basically people just want to have something fresh and new you know and uh, this is all about and it's an amazing tool what a lick of paint can do in an item if, if it even That's if it, it is it not in disrepair what it can do to it yeah. and do you do that in yourself in that particular shop do you yeah do you i'm doing them? this i'm doing upcycling also i'm doing the workshops so you can come to my place and you can learn step by step how to do it yourself uh, how to use the paint over the furniture how to create different styles and different finishes uh, with the waxes uh, and you know like you can give uh, you can start yourself at home as well so and the demos you mentioned there and the work you do what else then is, is entailed in the front porch what, what, what else did you provide uh also you know like i provide provide service so basically you can bring your old piece of furniture and uh, i can paint for you so uh this is more like uh styling and uh, painting um, service um, i'm offered to the to the people so it's if it's not your thing, you know, and you don't feel like you can do it yourself um, because I'm selling the paint. But if it's not your thing, you can bring the piece of furniture and I can do it for you. And are you quite busy at the moment? Because it is something that we mentioned is coming back. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm quite busy and there is like few projects coming. And also I'm, um, I have uh, s event tomorrow in my shop uh, from 12 to 3 o'clock and uh, you can come and have a sip snack and browse around the shop so basically you can see it what I can do for you and also I have um, next month uh, it's upcycle Republic uh, I'm doing with uh, uh, Cork County uh, it's in uh, Cork County Hall uh, so you can come and see also other people who actually uh, reuse uh, different materials and uh, upcycle stuff uh, so it's great event uh, and it's the in the Cork County Hall 
next that's month. Excellent, that, that's next month. And yeah. yourself, just by saying you're living in Macroom for the last 12 years, by the accents, I tell you, actually not born here in Macroom. Where are you from yourself? No, and what, I'm, what brought you to Macroom? I'm originally from Poland. Yeah. And basically, uh, first I moved, uh, when I came to Ireland, I lived in Dublin for a few months and then in Tipperary, but uh, because of my husband, he changed job and he oh. got a job up here in Macroom. We moved here. And was your husband from Poland as well? Yeah, he's originally in Poland and he had own business here in Macroom as well for the last uh, 10 years. So. so both of you so are have set up businesses here locally and employing people and everything. So you're giving to the community and you, love it. you like it here in Macroom? Yeah, I love it. And it's a small town. It's actually a great location between the Cork and Killarney and uh, a lot of my clients. It's actually from the Cork and... Uh, outside Macroom uh, so actually I think it's a great location it is easy yeah. accessible because you'll get yeah. two counties we'll get people from coming from all various areas of yeah. north east west as well yeah well best of luck to you Marzina thank you for thank joining you. us this afternoon Thanks. and best of luck with your store the front porch and the best way I can describe it it's on the Cork Road but as you're coming into Macroom you can't miss it beautiful layout building uh, you'll see that as you are basically just beyond Macroom Motors that's the best location <laughs> I can describe if you're if you're not familiar with Macroom thanks for, for joining us this afternoon Marzina uh, from the front porch and the reason why people set up businesses here in the McCroom area. We'll have more live music very shortly. I was mentioning the busking competition earlier with Catherine and Joe from the festival and how that is a big part of this year's particular festival. And tomorrow night, there'll be plenty of live music in the square here in McCroom with the buskers and indeed with hot guitars. But we're going to hear from one of those buskers, Bo Collins. She'll join us next after this break. Cork Today on C103, live from the Castle Hotel for the McCroom Food Festival. And we are here live from the Castle Hotel in McCroom and there is a lot of people who have come in to see us this afternoon so thank you for making your way in here to the Castle Hotel in McCroom. We're here until one and earlier we heard from Clodo Sullivan, a local musician here from McCroom. We're now going to hear from one of our buskers taking part in the festival this year. It's all part of the McCroom Food Festival and that is Bo Collins who has travelled from Ballinspittal this afternoon. Uh, Bo, good afternoon and welcome. Hi, thank you. Thanks for travelling to McCroom today. Now, first of all, you did very well in the another busking competition. This was in the adult individual busking competition in Dunmanway. Uh, how did that come about? Because we heard you and I saw the video that's gone viral of you singing Emily Sande. Yeah, um, mom saw it advertised on Facebook and we just applied for it. I'd done it as well the year before, but I, um, you know, I just, I didn't get anywhere, but it was fine. It was fun. Like, yeah, it's good fun. It's fun to do, which, um, yeah. but then to get the prize must have been amazing for you. Yeah, I know. It was brilliant, yeah. Is it something you always wanted to do growing up? You're quite young still. You're only yeah. 14. Yeah, no, I started um, singing and playing guitar around six. So my mom used to always put up um, videos of me singing on Facebook and stuff. So, yeah. So mom is like your agent. Yeah. <laughs> no way. <laughs> my mom is your. <laughs> <laughs> and are, are your, is your mom and your family, or is your musical connection going through your family? Uh, my uncle was in the band, but... Oh. There um, we are. It must run through the genes somewhere, so if you're on clothes and pants. And w- when it comes to singing, I know we mentioned Emily Sander there when you mm-hmm. sang in Dunmanway. Uh, wh- inf- who influences you as an artist? Who, who do you look up to? Who do you like to be? Or who do you like s- songs? Do you like to, to, to sing or, or even go along to in a concert? Um, well, I love Louis Capaldi and James Arthur. I'm going to his concert next year in Dublin, so... That yeah. should be a good one. Mm-hmm, Lewis Capaldi, so. very popular at the moment as yeah, well. I've Some I've great songs from him, mm-hmm. yeah. And a great range of voice because yeah. when, you, when you hear him, he's actually got a very strong Scottish accent mm-hmm. if you interview him. I but know, when he yeah. sings, you can hear you it at times yeah. and you can't really hear the Scottish accents c- coming out of him. And he's doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the likes of him and Ed Sheeran, they all started off busking. So there's great hope. Yeah. Great mm-hmm. hope. In school, is it Kinsale school you would go Kinsale, to? Kinsale, yeah. And is there, how is the music lessons in Kinsale? Do they have that part of the curriculum? Uh, yeah, they yeah. do. Uh, twice a week, yeah. 
also that will yeah. fit in and will you do mm -hmm. that do you think or can you do it for for exam wise yeah um i have to sing i think four songs for my junior search oh i think so yeah and no no fear no <laughs> <laughs> now when i mentioned busking there a while ago do you busk yourselves locally or is it just at various uh, like what happened in the manway or, or here various festivals um i go busking every few weeks in cork city and where and would you busk in the city uh, St. Patrick's, St. Patrick's Street, you yeah. know, everywhere I can, I suppose. And you get a good uh, reaction on the street? Yeah, I would. It's What's it like to busk uh, on Patrick Street? I, I pass buskers a lot on that yeah. particular street, the main thoroughfare for the city, and you'll have some great buskers, <laughs> not so great at times as well. Yeah. Uh, but overall, what's it like? I mean, is it nerve-wracking for your first busking attempt? Um, I was kind of nervous, but once you start, like, you can't really stop. It's, it's good <laughs> yeah. fun, like. You get the adrenaline then to yeah. keep on going on the street. <laughs> yeah. And do people, do, do you leave the bucket out for people to donate? Or yeah. My yeah. guitar case is out, yeah. <laughs> and are people receptive to you? Yeah, people are very... I was actually really shocked. People are very generous. That's good, and you're yeah. getting a good response that way because mm -hmm. it is tough to, to, to busk because mm -hmm. uh, you're putting yourself out there, really. Now, you're going to sing for us uh, this afternoon and you're going to sing uh, a well-known song from Monsters of Mind Little mm -hmm. Talks. Yeah. So, set up there. Um, we will have the competition, of course, for the busking competition. That is going on all weekends. Uh, the buskers will be here tomorrow for the taste trail. So, when you're out and about tasting tomorrow, you'll have the buskers on each of the taste trail facilities. That's really a, a good event tomorrow. And, of course, tomorrow night, then, you have the big gig on the square with Hot Guitars and that'll be a great event but for now Bo Collins is going to sing us with Little Talks from Monsters of Men take it away Bo
That's fantastic. Well done both. Thank you for that. And that's it from us from McCroom today. And my thanks to all the team here at the C103 studio at the Castle Hotel in McCroom to Jerk Cassidy on sound, to John Fush on sound and Mallow, to Bernie Murphy back at base, to City Madden, our broadcast assistant, to Marage Tuik, who was doing our food tasting. Also, thanks to Alan and Ali from the C103 Street Fleet. Our thanks to Catherine and Joe from the McCroom Food Festival for organising a lot of the items in the OB. And also, oh, and Holly, nearly forgot Holly from the Street Fleet. I didn't see you at all, Holly. Thanks to Holly as well from the Street Fleet and all the gang here from the Castle Hotel who helped us out this morning, especially Aidan in the Castle Hotel. That's it. Back with you on Monday's show. Enjoy your weekend. I'm John Paul McNamara from McCroom. Good afternoon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 